Now, if, if somebody died, I understand why you playing this, but otherwise I don't. <laughs> What's going on here, kid? Well, actually, one of the people in here did die, right? One of them did oh, die I think a so. Ago. Yeah. What's the occasion, though, man? Is the anniversary I'm, of this song? No, honestly, man, I've been listening to this Travis Scott song, Franchise. And yeah. he kind of he kind of took this from uh, for his record. So oh yeah, he did. He he's the king of the ripping other niggas' lines off of songs yeah. and having to pay sample credits for that. I don't see why, but yeah. hey man, the label pays for it. Whatever. Yeah. So I'm, so I was thinking, man, let me just play this a little bit. See, um, <laughs> this song aged pretty good. No, it did not. <laughs> I don't think that the song itself is terrible, but the white T era did not age well at all. Oh no. The triple XL white tees, they used to sell a foot locker. I think they still actually do sell that shit at foot locker. <laughs> that era did not age well, but the song still goes, man. I don't know. I, I think this is their best. I think I like this song better than I think they like me. It's like the same song. <laughs> I, I like this one better though. I, I like this all, all their shit was the same, man. Yeah, that's true. And Ashley uh, sampled that part from this song. Yeah. I hit them all in my white too. All I think they like me. This era made... The one thing I like about this era is it made New Yorkers so fucking mad. When these songs, when D4L came out, when them Franchois Child Boys came out, when Lil John did the snap music, these hardcore New York rap niggas were so upset. Yeah. They thought hip hop was dying. Nas made hip hop <laughs> is dead. The album. Yeah. It got so upset when the South started taking over for real. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they they had their little budget ass uh, rappers doing it like Mims. Yeah. And that fucking chicken oh, yeah. little soup chick. Uh, all that working <laughs> the sound and yeah. it was terrible. <laughs> this is why I'm hot. This is why. <laughs> and the funniest thing to me is always the fact that Funkmaster Flex and all these New York DJs were acting like that was the hottest shit when it happened. Remember yeah. Designer? Yeah. Yeah. They were acting like Designer was the hottest nigga out just because he was from New York, even though he jacked Future Style clearly and obviously. That's one so. about the, uh, the East Coast, though. They, they stick together. New York, they stick together. They don't matter how good you are, they gonna support you. If you if you're an artist, they 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 pretty much back you. You know, other than the name that we don't mention that y'all look still. Yeah, <laughs> just just look at just look at all the other artists from New York that got a, a different type of style. Look at um look at like Bobby Smurder or you know other artists like that. They, they support them. They back they, them. They, they act like that's the best thing ever, but. It's literally that same type of rapper in Chicago that they don't really, you know, rock with. Or yeah. or artists from Atlanta, they don't really care for. But as soon as they find out they're from Brooklyn, it's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's on fire right now. They did the same thing with Takashi 69 Yeah. Like, they was just like, oh, yeah, this dude hot. He the hottest right now. Who hotter than him? The, uh, same thing with Lil Uzi. Lil Uzi Vert is from, uh, I want to say, from Jersey. 
Like mm-hmm. this dude sound like he from Atlanta. <laughs> but once they find out you from New York or New Jersey, then it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> he the truth. Yeah, yeah. See, when you're from when you're from the South and you make a hit song, you dumbing down the culture. You yeah. know. But when you, if you're from New York, you see, you're restoring the feeling <laughs> of the party hip hop. It's different because New York is a mecca and yeah. that's where this shit started. So it's okay for New Yorkers to make dumb hip hop music, but when the South does it, we just dumb and slow. But but they don't, even, <laughs> they don't even be the right reason. Their their reason be, oh yeah, that's the homie from Brooklyn. I support my uh, people from Brooklyn, or yeah, they doing their thing out in Harlem. I, I support you know I support New York artists. That's that be their reason. But it's like damn, they literally jack what they was doing in uh, Atlanta. Yeah, they really did, man. And it's shameless too. But I mean, it is what it is. I'm not. Yeah. I like Lil Uzi Vert. I like some of them. Bobby Smurda cool too. But yeah, some yeah people got to chill with that. But you know, they're in New, they're in New York. They're diehard New Yorkers, no matter what. I kind of admire it, but at the same time, I'm disgusted by it too. So yeah, it I is think what it that's is. why the laid back and the chill. That is what it is. Mentality is why the South be so chill, and New York always feel like they taking over, and that why they always on top. Because the South, we don't bother with the, the the back and forth a lot of the time. We just let you have it because we know we real down here anyway. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. we don't really do all. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But it also speaks to how how big we could be if we we cared a little more. Like they do, I guess, or had a little heart like they do be so passionate sometimes, you know. Yeah, and if you look at people like Will, we, we talk to people like Will Lane, ESG, and stuff like that, and they yeah. all, like, I feel like they should be bigger than what they are, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they oh, yeah. just be so cool and laid back, like, nah, you know, that, you know, we had our time, just let the little homies do whatever, whatever they want to do, and I'm just yeah, glad that they, yeah, like, ask them about ASAP Rocky. You know, ain't man, one of them gonna be like, "Oh yeah, he taking our stuff." I'm like, "Oh no, I'm just glad he's shouting out DJ Screw." You know, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm cool with it, man. He cool with me, so that's their attitude. If if it was the other way around, New York would be, you know, shit in the bed. They'd be pissed off. But that's just like the culture in general. That's Southern hospitality. This the yeah. Southern, the Southern charm, Southern people. Anyway, not to you know, no knock against anybody in New York, but that's just how it is. They they a lot more in your face and bold with it. Like so, people down here, we just be chilling. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Southern rappers like we actually act like ourselves. We don't even if you're inspired. Like I always remember the Waka Flocka interview where he, I think he was on Everyday Struggle. The post Joe Budden everyday story. Oh yeah. And he was talking about how he's really a whack rapper. And they were like, nah, you have some hits. But he was like, nah, I listen to Nods, I listen to that New York stuff. But he knew he couldn't rap like that, so he didn't try. He just did it himself and and made his own style. That's what uh Southern rappers do. Like you you can't act outside yourself. But New Yorkers, they have that template of the uh, hard battle rapper. That everybody tried to emulate. Everybody was sound like Jadakiss for a while. Everybody tried to sound like Jay Z for a while, and and they have more of a, a template they tried to follow. But the Southerners, even if you're inspired by New York shit, we weren't out there trying to be Tupac. Well, some people were, but we weren't really trying to be Tupac. We ain't trying to be Nas or Jay Z. We were doing our own thing. So yeah, I know you're way off topic, getting on the North versus South <laughs> again, but. 
I, I get impassioned about these discussions, y'all, because I'm very yeah. protective about my Southern artists. Yeah. <laughs> you hate New York. Yeah, I, I hate New York. I just love Jay-Z, pause. But I, I'm a, a Jay-Z, I give Jay-Z his props, but that's where it stops. All you other New York niggas can be dick. Unless you listen to the, if you, if you listen to the podcast and you're in New York, then you cool. <laughs> they probably turning this shit off right now. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it is what it is. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if we if we make it nationwide, I will delete all this from the podcast, <laughs> and I will go up. You say he didn't fuck with New York. He didn't fuck with New York. You know they love to pull up stuff from the past. They gonna yeah. cancel you before no, we yeah, even get started. <laughs> what you talking about? Uh, but anyway, I digress. We got a whole lot to talk about, man. I know we missed a week. My fault. I had some shit going on. And uh, I didn't think it was going to be that busy a week, but we actually did have a lot of stuff happen. So we're going to have an action-packed episode for y'all coming up right now. A lot of stuff to break down. A lot of new music, too, to talk about, thankfully. You know, finally, a music podcast where you actually listen to and review music. I know it's been a while, <laughs> but <laughs> we're actually going to break down some albums here. And we also have a special guest for our artist spotlight brought to you by Skylab Houston Studios Houston. And we have a, a special guest for y'all coming up in a little bit too. So stay tuned for that. Very good interview. Very good dude. I think you're going to enjoy that and you're going to enjoy his music too. So stay tuned for that. But first, introductions are in order. We also have the lovely Jasmine joining us again. So girl, how you doing? How you been? How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. It's a new month. The new moon. I'm sorry. The full moon oh was goodness. in my, um, you know. Well, okay. Well, what, explain that. What does a new moon mean? A full moon. It was, uh, it's actually a full moon. So you know what, what a full is the significance? moon is. Besides werewolves, what is the significance of a full moon? <laughs> it is basically the, the coming, undoing of. You want all the things that you want to release all the things that you want to let go of, um, those are the things you kind of meditate on during a full moon. So I did a lot of uh, meditating, praying, and just, you know, being one with myself. I spent a lot of time with myself on said full moon. But, yeah, I'm cool. I'm here. I am enjoying. It's a new month. It's the fourth quarter. Uh, 2020 is almost over, guys. <laughs> so, I mean. I'm here. Fortunately, it's going to be okay. the same thing in 2021. <laughs> I'm not even looking for more, that. more than likely. But I think, I think next year will be, if we can make it past this election season, I think it'll all be uphill afterwards, no matter who wins, honestly, just because like everything's been so fucked up lately, man. So yeah, I think if we, if we can make it through November. I think well, I was gonna say, what, what do you think is going to happen if we don't make it through? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think, <laughs> like, I, I just feel like we haven't seen the worst of 2020 yet. I feel oh, like yeah. things are going to get a lot worse, especially with the election season coming up, especially with the pandemic and the flu season going on, too. Yeah. And the, we might have another club. I don't know what's going to happen. I just feel like we haven't seen the, the worst is yet to come. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm just being overdramatic. But I just kind of feel like we're we going to be in for some shit. But it's a new month. It's getting cooler in Houston, so there's that. Mm. And we are very excited for the, uh, the, the the fall season that's finally upon us. Yeah. And well, Figgy, nice. how you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm good. I'm chilling. Okay. Yeah. Okay, um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it was um, 
it was a pretty interesting week for me, but I'm I'm glad I made it, man. <laughs> you got that kid from Cleveland in the finals, man. About to get his what fourth ring, yeah, probably four, four yeah. in the next few days. Yeah, it's this it's it's about to be a cakewalk now, man. At first, <laughs> at first I was entertaining the possibility of Miami making it tough, but once their two players got hurt, I'm like, ah, oh, it's over now. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely over. Yeah, man, and it, I have to bring this up again, and I know, like, you're not really a LeBron, LeBron fan like that, but I have to ask this because we asked uh, several athletes, uh, Charles Amenehu and I want to say some, maybe I think Wade Smith, and we asked them if if this ring would be legit in the bubble, and they both said yes because it's the same thing for everybody. I, I kind of don't respect it as much, but do you do you respect the bubble ring, Figgy? Um, I kind of do, man. I think I think for the simple fact that um, we already figured they would make the finals anyway. We we was entertaining the possibility of uh, the Clippers standing in the way, but it, it's LeBron, man. He always makes the finals no matter what. So I I think he would have made it regardless of uh, you know if the season actually played out, <laughs> but um yeah I I would kind of I would I would respect it a little more now than I did before, and and I think it, I think it's kind of funny how uh I see a bunch of people tweeting like old tweets from July like see I told y'all the Lakers was gonna make it. Like the, like we knew we knew that from the beginning, man. Like that was a hot was take. Like, they got Anthony Davis, man. Come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, but I would kind of respect it a little more than I did from the beginning. And the simple fact we are we kind we really knew once Kobe passed that you know they will most likely <laughs> win the championship. So I could definitely I I kind I kind of knew this, and I think it I think it's more legit now for the simple fact that, you know, they did it for Kobe. Yeah, and I, I agree. Plus the the length of time that's gone on in the bubble, too, you know, plus it got extended because they took those games off after the Jacob Blake thing, too. So, mm-hmm. like, it's been a long time in there for all of my. I still think it favors the old people who ain't, ain't got as many hoes and probably married yeah. and have their wife visiting and probably don't even go out that much during the NBA season anyway. Yeah. So, of course, the veteran team is going to be okay. The Clippers, them niggas was thirsty. They was trying <laughs> to get out the bubble, man. You see, Lou Williams didn't even make it in the bubble when it first started. <laughs> yeah, he, he was trying to get his quick fix, too. So I think uh, the younger teams, it was harder for them uh, trying to make it in the bubble. But it is what it is, man. I respect it a little bit more. I still don't put it up there with that real championship, but yeah. I respect it more now. We, we still don't look at this championship as the bubble championship. Yeah, of course. But uh, it's it's for You know people going to bring it up when arguing Jordan. So <laughs> It is, man. That <laughs> I, I've had enough of that debate, man. It's Me too. the corniest debate in sports, period. Lazy. Ron and Jordan, who yeah. cares, man? It's, it's super lazy. It's corny, and nobody will win. You, you never gonna get somebody that say, "Hmm, I, 
I, I guess you are right about Jordan. I guess he is. <laughs> yeah, you're you never going to convince nobody. Yeah. Every, like, oh, actually, no, nah, LeBron better than Jordan. If you a yeah. super Jordan fan and got all of his shoes, you ain't just going to admit another yeah. nigga better. So. Yeah, you ain't going to turn no uh, LeBron fan to a Jordan fan at that point. <laughs> so and most LeBron it. fans never even saw Jordan play. So, I mean, there's that yeah. too. Yeah. But we digress. We got a whole lot of things to break down, man. A lot of albums, music, things going on in the world today that I'm sure you're just dying to hear our bullshit opinions on. So <laughs> we 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 gonna start, kick it off with the music, man. Uh, we so fuck it. Start with that. <laughs> hey, let's let's start with Twenty One Savage, man. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. I was gonna say let's start with Savage Mode too. So Savage Mode 2, Metro Boomin, and uh, 21 Savage dropped Savage Mode 2 uh, this past week. Kind of a surprise. I heard they were working on it, but I kind of thought it was going to be one of those projects that was just rumored and we might never see because you know how these things go. And Metro Boomin has been very, very low-key lately. I thought he said he retired at one point um, after he made that last collaboration album. So I didn't know how much he was still producing, but they dropped the project and I, I personally think it's very good, uh, featuring a few features there. They had Drake, of course, cause Drake gotta be on everything now. Uh, young Nudie was on there too. Narration by Morgan Freeman, which was very interesting. That to me, that what that is what made the album to me. <laughs> like when, I heard he was, when I heard he was narrating the album, I'm like, oh no, that I gotta, I gotta listen to this album first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was like when I first heard it, I thought it was gonna be corny, but in the mix of the album, like the album is actually, I want to call it an album. It's not a fucking mixtape, man. I, nah, this album. is produced like an album to me, so I'm gonna call it an album. It's an album. Uh, I feel like the, the songs sequence into each other very well and the narration too. I, I consider this, they, they can call it whatever they want. This is a fucking album, man. And the Morgan Freeman shit actually did mix very well. I wonder who wrote his parts because it's very interesting hearing him talking about snitches and rats. So they're snitching or rats. You're a, rat. You're a fucking rat. Like Morgan Freeman can't be cussing, man. Y'all know who wrote that shit. But anyway, I digress. I want to get y'all's thoughts first, man. So Figgy, tell me how you feel about this album, bro. I thought this album was amazing, man. I've been playing this album since it dropped. And um to me, I think I think Twenty One Savage stepped away from the young rap now. I think he's I think he should be considered one of the OGs in the game now. Because, you know, we got a lot of people like Lil Baby, we got um Money Money Man. I know Money Man a little older, but we got like a, a, a new young new set of young artists now. I don't put 21 Savage in that category anymore. We used to. Remember, every time we bring up young artists, we would bring up 21 Savage and um, name any other artists around that time. But now I feel it's like he... We're getting in the class together. Yeah. I, yeah. So now I, I feel like he wanted the OGs now. And you could, you could hear his music growing as far as the production with uh, Metro Boomin'. I felt like he was in this bag on this one. It was a lot of samples and, you know, the drums hit right. Um, man, I, I felt like this album was the shit. I, uh, I like this fact that he did somewhat address the UK thing. 
He said, don't let that shit get you fucked up, nigga. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I still got them choppers. <laughs> Might. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, um, I like that. Um, but as far as the, uh, I, I, I did love Morgan Freeman throughout the whole album. I don't, I just think you're a legend if you could get Morgan Freeman to talk about snitches and rats. <laughs> I like that. And, um, I, I never even thought about snitches and rats as two different things. I thought that was the same thing. So it, it kind of, it was, it was mind blowing to me <laughs> to see the difference between a snitch and a rat. <laughs> but, um, overall, man, I think the album was great. My favorite song on the album is the last song, Said and Done. I felt like, I, I, I kind of like emotional 21 Savage. I, I like when 21 Savage getting this emo bag. So, um, that last song, Said and Done, the sample was dope. Um, Metro Boomin was in this bag on that beat. And, um, I think it was dope, man. I think, I think 21 Savage came a real long way because I really ain't respect him at first. I thought he was just any other rapper that didn't know how to rap for real, just saying bullshit. But he actually put some lyrics together in this. And, um, he, he really became one, one of my, um, favorite rappers to listen to today. No, I agree, man. I agree with a lot of those points, actually. Um, also good to note that he got the, uh, the the nigga who who made all those no limit covers, yeah. he actually got him to make the cover for this album too, which is also kind of dope. So yeah. so is yeah, it very, is it actually the the same guy that did that? Yeah, they brought him. Yeah. He said like they I think Metro said it on Twitter. They brought him out of retirement just to do that one album cover. Yeah, it's clean. It's like a clean yeah. one too. You can actually see it the is. diamonds mm-hmm. in this artwork. Oh yeah, very well I done. Merch. I want merch. Gotta give me a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, you gonna, I'm sure they're going to sell it for like 80 bucks on some online site. So, yeah, you're going to be good. Get that with your McDonald's <laughs> uh, Travis Scott t-shirt that looks like shit, too, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Okay, I'll, I'll get to that later, okay? When the Travis Scott comes, we're going to talk about everything Travis Scott, the McDonald's shit, the merch, everything. But now we're talking about uh, 21 Savage now. So, Jasmine, while you're nice and heated after I just shit it on Travis, how you feel about this album? By 21 Savage. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get through it. I haven't listened to everything yet. So, but I've always been a 21 Savage fan. Um, even from day one, when he was giving us the young rap, the, you know, not, not as developed bars. I was something always about him. I always, I always kind of liked him. That Savage Mode was a classic to me. Uh, me and my sister, uh, that was a bonding, um, album for us. So I don't know. It was always something that I would, I would return to. But uh, from what I heard, I've heard maybe a few tracks, not not in order. I'm the type of person that likes to go back and listen to a to a project in order first. But the few tracks that I have heard, they've been pretty good. Um, the production, I mean, it's Metro Boomin. It's when it, like that's they they're the perfect duo. So I don't know what we would have expected, but perfection on this. So I'm just I'm excited to hear Twenty One Savage in his new, um, more mature bag. More, um, he's definitely come a long way. Like Figgy said, and I'm just, I'm proud. I'm, I'm excited because I, I don't know what I'm telling you. I don't know what it was about him from Jump or why I really liked him because I'm not really big on two new rappers at first. It takes me a while. They have to grow on me, but it was something always about him that I liked. And I like that he's actually um, improving as an artist and wants to, you know, 
evolve and wants to get better. Some some artists, you know, we see they kind of stay in the same lane for for a while, and, but he's he's mature for sure. So I'm looking forward to getting through it. I know it's some some bangers on there for sure. Yeah, I think you're gonna enjoy it. Um, and my thoughts on Tony and Sash were kind of similar too. Actually, in the beginning, I thought it was cool. Um, I like Savage Mo, but like Figgy, I didn't think of him as this lyrical dude. You know, I just figured he was like, okay, one of these of the moment mumble rappers. He was like a literal mumble rapper to where he was mumbling on tracks. Yeah. And that, I know that term is used loosely, but it actually fit for him because he was literally mumbling on these songs. Mm-hmm. But it still sounded good with the production. But I just didn't see him as making any music past that. But I was wrong, man. He converted me to, into being a fan. Uh, with the works that came, his last album I thought was really good. Yeah. I was really impressed with that. And after that, I was like, okay, this dude, you can tell he has a passion for the craft. He's trying to get better. And he, he is actually, you know, he actually enjoys rapping and he wants to do it at a high level, which is something you can't say about everybody in the game right now. So, yeah. uh, going into this though, I was a little bit skeptical because like I said, we ain't heard from Metro Boom in a minute. And I'm always skeptical, skeptical of people making a number two, a sequel to their classic project. Mm-hmm. You know, it usually does not end well. Um, and when we see it, it's usually when people are, are getting washed up and old. I don't consider 21 that either, but it kind of usually feels desperate when people do things like this. So I was happily surprised to find out I was wrong. The album is very cohesive. Uh, Metro Boomin has evolved a lot as a producer. Um, if you didn't, you would assume that these tracks were produced by a whole group of people. If you didn't know that it was called Savage Mode 2 and Metro Boomin did pretty much everything on it. You would think it was a whole collaboration, but it was, it was him. He diversified his sound a lot. You get a whole lot of the old Savage Mode 1 type beats. You get some new, I think he tried a New Orleans bounce sound at one point. Yeah. He got heavy with the samples too. Um, he's clearly, he, he had a glow up kind of reminiscent to Hit Boy. Mm. You know, different styles of music, but you can tell that he is, he spent this time working on his craft and he's a better producer now, I think, than he was when he started out. So very impressed by the production. Uh, 21, I was also impressed with his lyrical ability. He's switching up the flow now. You can hear him clearly. No more mumbling. That's been gone for a while now. Um, the content is a little more mature, uh, which I'm glad to hear because we just criticized the Migos for making the same song mm-hmm. 10 years later yeah. after Versace. And you can tell that 21 is speaking from an older perspective. You know, he finally talked about the Amber Rose. I'm assuming he was talking about Amber Rose on this, on this yeah, album. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the last two songs are in love. He talked about her a lot on the last project too, I thought. Oh, I have to go. I, they probably yeah. did. I'm kind of surprised he's still talking about it, but I mean, she's clearly moved on. I think she's married with another kid. So, yeah, but it, it is good to hear. And, I mean, it's, it's mature in a relatively. I mean, he's still talking about the guns and the gang gang and all that good shit. But he also is a little vulnerable on this album, man. I enjoyed that, too. Uh, a little more mature content. 
Um, so yeah, very, very good project. I'm very impressed. Glad that he dropped it at this time where it seemed like there had been a little bit of a drought of our bigger artists dropping stuff where they usually seem to drop around this time. So I'm really impressed, man. I really enjoyed this album. I don't know if it's better than the first one. Technically it might be, but the first one was just had that gutter sound plus the new artists that you never heard of before that. Yeah. It had some elements that can't be recreated in a sequel, even if the sequel is good. So I can't say it's better in terms of how I feel about it, but it's a better produced and better rap lyrical album or mixtape than the last one was. So props, man. That's all I got to say about it. Really very impressive. Um, one of the standout projects of the year so far. And great job by both of them putting this project together. Yeah, do, do you think if he named this album something else, something random, then you will probably be like, yeah, this is probably his best project overall? Probably, yeah. probably. It, yeah, I, I agree because half the time when you make a part two to something, it's it's already like, nah, you ain't about to live up to the to the hype of the first one. Yeah. So, so I yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, man, I'm glad you brought up the Migos point. Because a lot of people always try to use the excuse of, well, that's them, man. They just, you know, stick it to what they usually do. Like, nah, like, if 21 Savage can switch it up and still be him, because I ain't think less not, uh, less of him with this album. I felt like it was yeah. cool. I, I felt like he, he was he was still talking that talk, but he still has some uh, more mature joints on there. And I just don't – I just – didn't see that with that last Migo single. Well, I don't even know if they dropped it yet, but I just didn't see that. And uh, yeah, man. And, and uh, real quick point: he, he's 27 years old. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, so he's 27. Who is? Yeah, he's no, 21 Savage. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he says 27. Okay. Yeah, so I, I just think that's kind of funny. He's like, damn, he matured and blah blah blah. Like, damn, he only 27. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's close. I mean, that's almost old nigga status by hip-hop standards. Yeah. You know, so there, there is when you 30, you consider washed by rappers. That's why niggas lie about their age and it's fucking corny, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, and, yeah, and that's the thing about the, the, uh, the Migos. I think they have the ability to make better. Like, Offset's album I thought was pretty good. His solo one, yeah. more mature, talking about different things. But then when you get back with the Migos and it's about Birkin bags again. So yeah, it's like, whatever, man. I guess you want to strike while you think the iron is hot, but niggas are tired of the shit. Yeah, and I think been they, too long. I think they've been through a lot where they could talk about mature stuff, where people would yeah. want to be nosy and listen to it. Like, yeah. I, I feel like they've been through a lot of shit. And, you know, if they do do a, uh, I don't want to call it a tell-all album, but if they do address some stuff on the album, just some real shit, how, you know, where they started and where they at now, I feel like people will, you know, check it out and uh, to to see what they're talking about. But if it's about Birkin well, bags, it's, it's like, eh, it's the same old, same old. Yeah, no, I thought that um, Takeoff's album was pretty good. I thought cohesively, but he's always the one that tends to talk about the most to me or tends to give us the most lyrically but i thought his album was pretty good he talked he got a little per- more personal than we ever hear them t- together 
but um, I, I feel what you're saying about like as a group, them giving us a little more as a group and changing their sound together. Yeah, and and problem with the Migos too is they're always a little too cool for school. You know, you see it in the yeah. interviews. They don't want to give nothing away or talk about anything going on in their personal life or talk about anything that don't portray them as being the coolest rappers on earth. So mm-hmm. if you don't have that type of self-awareness, like for 21 on this album to talk about how his girl that he loved slept with his homie, I mean, that's an embarrassing thing to admit, especially if you're a famous rapper trying to look cool all the time. So, I mean, but that's something that niggas can relate to, honestly. I mean, it happens. Yeah. So things like that, I mean, you got to be more relatable in your music as you get older because the kids ain't listening to Migos no more. Yeah. You know, so yeah, and I I think that's one of the problems with somebody like a Nicki Minaj. Like I, I felt like a lot of people aren't really relating to her, especially with her sing as far as her singles. A lot of people not really relating to it. But if she was to do like a, te- I hate saying tell all album, but yeah. if she did like a personal a four 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 type of album, eliminate yeah or eliminate <sighs> yeah, I think I think a lot of people will um relate to it more. I mean, if she did, you know, talk about her bad relationships or something like that, I think people would relate to it. Yeah, but she's another one where, you know, her ego is kind of just out of control to where she always thinks, I don't think she's ever, we, I think she's going to be 40 years old acting like she's 22 still. So, really? I don't know, man. She she might not, yeah, man. Nikki. She, she just had a baby, so she she might not. Yeah, I think that baby's going to soften her up a lot. I'd like to think that that baby's going to soften her up a lot. I feel like that's kind of, that family aspect is something that she's kind of always wanted, or at least it seemed like she's always wanted. So I, I'd i like to think we, we're going to see a different side of her, hopefully. I want to see a different side of her, hopefully. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. Could be, could be. Um, so yeah, to wrap up the 21 Savage, I think we all enjoyed the album. Uh, so if you haven't checked it out and you're a fan of that type of music at all, I'll recommend it. I think we have all thumbs up. We need a rating system for this podcast. Yeah, I, don't think I was going to yeah, I was gonna say, I'll give it an A. A, a plus yeah, five gems out of five. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a gem, maybe a gem if it's good and it, well, juice is good too. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. We'll think of something. Yeah. But yeah, check it out. Um, other things that dropped, let's talk about this Travis Scott, Young Thug, and M.I.A. song as well. Until Savage Mel was probably the biggest music release of the week. Uh, so, Jasmine, you going to head this off because I know you was up at 12.01. You were up at 12.01 a.m. waiting for it to hit Apple Music. Before you, <laughs> you streamed it 30 times in a row. Talk to me nicely, Rocket. Uh, I'm being look. We gonna start with the positive that Travis Scott's doing right now. So, uh, how, how you feel about this song, girl? It's called Franchise, by the way. Yes, I watched. I didn't listen to. I watched the video first, so I think that had okay. a lot to do with it. Um, the video was a. It was dope. I don't know if y'all talk, like y'all got a chance to check it out, but it was basically. It looked like Jordan. I don't know if it was really Jordan or not. It looked like him um, pulling up to what seemed to be like a Jordan estate, just giving us like kind of 90s vibes, whole bulls vibes. Um, he pulled up. It was a Travis Scott. You know, obviously he got the endorse, the Nike um, sponsorship or I'm not even sure what you call that. But 
Um, it was really good. I liked that the beat was hard. Um, I like seeing Chase in the video with him. If I'm not mistaken, Chase isn't in many videos. Um, I like Chase. Obviously, that's his DJ. So um, it was good to see them uh, showing, like, a fun side of themselves and just kind of hanging, hanging out, having fun in the video. Uh, MIA, her, um, I guess her being on the track was a little random for me. I haven't heard from her in a really long time. Um, but I mean it, she gave the sound that I know her for. Uh, overall, I think the production was bomb. Um, it was a Travis track. Like I, when I first, um, listened to the track outside of watching the video though, I, I, I had to, it, it took a while. I had to like, like, uh, then I got in the car and I was like, okay, no, this, 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 it jams in the car. So I don't know, you know, he can't do much wrong for me. Uh, yeah. Somebody else, y'all go. <laughs> uh, well, I'll say I enjoyed the song too. It actually took me a few days to even listen to it, but I heard Figgy mm-hmm. talking on social media about how good it is. So I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and check it out. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it, man. It's good workout music. The bass hits hard. Um, oh, yeah. Young Thug is cool on it too. This is kind of the song that fits him. I like MIA for some reason. I, I don't really know why. But I've always kind of been a fan of MIA ever since that fucking paper plane shit back in the day. So, like, I like MIA for some reason. I like her on this song, even though she it wasn't like she was dropping bars. She still, for some somehow, it just worked for me. So I enjoyed this song a lot, man, honestly. I, I think it's cool to get people hyped up for the album whenever that drops. Oh, yeah. And I enjoyed it a lot, man. Hopefully it's the lead single. off. I think the last lead single he dropped, I didn't like it that much. Highest in the Room, I didn't like that shit, really. I thought it was... Really? It, 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 yeah, I, I didn't like Highest in the Room, but I like this song a lot. It sounds kind of fresh, uh, but it still got that Travis Scott sound. So I liked it. But Figgy, I know you really love this song, so... I, I do. <laughs> this song is on repeat. In my car, man. Like, 21 Savage is the only person that took the song out of the rotation for the moment. But to me, this song is dope, man. The beat is dope. Um, I like the way he was rapping on there. I like the way Young Thug, he, he kind of came in smooth on there. It wasn't like I was prepared for Young Thug to, you know, to hop on the track. He just came through and I was like, damn, is this trap? Wait, is this Young Thug? So I, I think. I think their energies are pretty much similar. And uh, like you said, Ryan, MIA, I, I I thought she fit perfect on the track. Just just her accent alone, how she was talking about bankers in, bankers in the Angles system. Angles in the system. Like <laughs> I like where the, where the, where the might be. But, but uh, to me, I just think everything about that song was dope. I like the little uh, franchise boys. We bumped in with it. Um, yeah, I kind of like the um, yep in my white tee a little bit, and even even the beat kind of sound like it was similar a little bit or influenced by it, but just in the Travis Scott way. And um, yeah, man, I, I I just think that song hard. That's one of my favorite songs of the year so far. Uh, I don't think I, I can I, see it. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, and the crazy part about I didn't even watch the video. I didn't even see the video. I didn't either. I didn't even know there was a video until Jasmine said something. I seen it, and I was like, I'm going to watch it, you know, as soon as I can, but I never got a chance to watch it. I just been playing the song. Like, and usually, usually we listen to music in the cars or in the gym or something like that. 
I actually been listening to this song in the house. <laughs> like I, I, I literally had my headphones on watching the game with um, just listening to this song on repeat. So that, to me, this I think I don't want to I don't want to say this is better than sicko mode yet, but I, I think it's close. I, I, I think it's close. I, I think it's up there. Sycamo played out to me, man. I don't know about y'all. Sycamo just played out, man. I'd rather listen to fucking Goosebumps than Sycamo at this point. <laughs> Sycamo just got played out too much for me, man. They played it too much all the time. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad song, but I'd much rather listen to this at this point than Sycamo again. So <laughs> it, that, that's just how I feel. Also, I, I keep seeing clips of Travis Scott, like, in his house, Messing around with his computer. Did he actually produce this song or? Yeah. Yes. Okay. He, he directed the video. He produced the song. Like, he did everything. It's amazing. Like, uh, y'all have to watch the video. Yeah. Y'all have to. I, wow. I can see this being a, a, a track on like different ads. I can see this being on, on movies, on video games. Like, it's just, it's, it's already just got a good feel to it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But, I, you know. I, I want to say, um, the NBA finals was playing it, of course. Uh, that's like uh, that's like the stimulus pack. They like this. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah. Scott trap. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. The, uh, uh, the NBA Finals and rappers. That, that's when they decide to release songs around that time. Remember, I want to say two years ago it was the J Cole song. Yeah, that, that running up. I hated that song too. I could not stand the it. Like, I, I'm that, but I hated that song. Run it up, run it up, run it up. So, <laughs> I think that was it. ATM. Yeah. Yes. It was yes. ATM. Yeah. And that song was so irritating, <laughs> but um, yes, yeah. I think I think I was more irritated because it was during the finals, and you know I was you know I'm a Cavs fan, so I had to watch the finals, and that's all they was playing during the commercials. But um, but yeah, this song man, this song is hard, man. I, I, I yeah, if if somebody don't like this song, man, something is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I agree, and I, I didn't even think I'd like it this much going into it, but it's really, really dope, man. It kind of reminds me of a uh, Sheck West type of song, honestly, mm. with, with a visceral beat, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But we have another Travis Scott review we got to get to. It's very <laughs> fortunate that we have Jasmine here because we talked about the Travis Scott McDonald's meal on the podcast a few weeks ago. <laughs> But I haven't had it. I don't know if Figgy has either. I, di- I did. You did? Okay, we get double reviews now. So, Jasmine, you go first. Explain first. Explain because I'm confused as to what makes this the Travis Scott meal. Because it doesn't okay. come with any merch. And, and, and nothing special about it besides the name and the commercials with the little toy talking about the McDonald's meal. So, explain to me. Uh-huh. And, and also review the actual burger itself. <laughs> Like okay, so, uh, disclaimer, I do not eat McDonald's. Um, I, I mean, I'll eat, I have, but I don't eat it on a regular basis. So I went to McDonald's specifically for this meal. Um, of course, me too. When, be, due to the advertising and due to um, it being Travis and just being a big fan, his merch, we all know his merch is, is huge. So I just um, assumed that with this McDonald's deal that, you know, he would have some type of packaging. Um, he would have some type, it wasn't a happy meal. So I didn't expect a toy. He should have put a figurine or something in there because that's what was, that's what they, you know, marketing was. It was 
you know, little Toy Travis. It was different stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so I just, I, being a fan, I just assumed he was about to do this McDonald's deal up. Like, I just knew. I don't know. I just knew. So I go the day of, um, the day of the uh, release. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I go the day of the release, the and I'm downtown. Uh, I'm downtown uh, by the at the McDonald's that's near the bus station. So uh, I'm down there. Yeah, there was a line because there's always a line down there because of the fact that like it's by the bus. But did it did it look like Travis Scott fans in that line, or was it just like a regular? I didn't know. I didn't know. (laughs) I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. I can't lie to you. But it was a line. So, um, but as we're circling, you know, trying to in the line around the building, there's no type of signage. There's no like. I'm like I'm also with someone that's not from Houston, so we're like where what like this is. This is Travis Day. Like, where's the sign? Where's the where's the cardboard cutout? Like, where is the marketing for this? Like, and so you know, we're driving, we're waiting, and I'm just like, I'm convinced that it has to be this location. Like, they just they just don't have it together yet. Even though they're downtown, they're a prime location. They should have had their shit together. But I'm just convinced that this is just you know they have they haven't gotten their 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 items yet to to market this properly. So I'm just like, okay. Time is coming. So we get it. He gives me, it, honestly, I don't even know what, I think it's like a, um, it's a quarter, I know it's a quarter pounder, some type of quarter pounder with bacon and just fries and barbecue sauce and a drink. Um, I didn't, I wasn't interested in the meal. I was interested in the packaging. I was interested in, <laughs> in, in Travis's meal. Like I, I, like, so I got it and I just, and I opened it and I was just like, wait a minute. Okay. So this is a regular bag. I get in, and I'm like, wait a minute, like, this is a quarter pounder box. It's like, okay, so I asked the person I'm with, I'm just like, wait a minute, do you, maybe they, like, it was a thing. I was like, wait a minute, do you think that I should go back? Like, do you think it's wrong of me to go back and ask them, like, hey, do, do you not have the box? Like, where's the Travis box? Like, because this is, <laughs> this isn't, it. Point. <laughs> like, this isn't, this isn't right. Like, you know, this looks like a way where I, if I wouldn't have came here if I, thought this it was going to look like this and so i was advised that it was okay <laughs> so i got out of the car and i went back and i, wait, wait, asked. You asked, I thought you said you thought you actually asked them if that was the right box yes i asked i asked <laughs> the person i was with <laughs> and i asked the person that i was with like did they think i was wrong to do that and they was like go ahead like you know go do you so i got out and i was just like sir like are you, is this the Travis meal? Like, are you, is there some type of box or bag? Like, because this isn't what I, you know, like, I'm, I'm an, uh, I'm a rager. This isn't what we came for. <laughs> so he, he turned around and he, uh, he asked, he went back and asked somebody and then he came back and he was like, yeah, man, that's it. And I was just kind of like, oh, and I, uh, this is the only thing that Travis has done to disappoint me that I can think about off the top of my head at this moment. This wow. meal, I don't know. I don't know the bait. Obviously, we don't know the contract. We like, I don't know. I, I won't say it's a disappointment. I'll say it's a it's a win for him because, um, if I'm not mistaken, they said the, the last person to do this was like Michael Jordan or, or Michael Jackson or somebody like that. They were the only celebrity to do this with McDonald's. So, you know, obviously it's a win regardless, but I just didn't expect there to be so much chicken nugget merch and so much, like, McDonald's merch. Like, 
you know, obviously fans bought it. I don't know if this questions my fan card or my Rager card or not, but I just wasn't going to buy um, McDonald's whole branded chicken nuggets. And, like, I just – that's not something that I saw myself wearing. And I just – I don't know. I just would have thought that they would have put more into the packaging, more into the actual meal itself than us going to the website. But at the same time, I, I understand, like, he receives 100% profits, I would imagine, from his merch. So why not send everyone to the website? But as a as a, as a a consumer, I was upset. <laughs> I was disappointed. I don't eat McDonald's, and it was just a waste of my time and money at that point. Did you not even enjoy the burger? It had a Travis Scott I, sauce on it. I didn't go the burger. I didn't go in for the burger. <laughs> you, you, you actually ate it, though, right? Because I heard people actually Whoa. say the burger was good. No, I, I literally, I really didn't eat the burger. You, you didn't eat it. You just no, bought I it for the it. box that you thought that it was going to come in? <laughs> Yes, I bought it for the bag. I bought it for, like, yeah, it said, it it said that I meal. I gave it to someone else that wanted it. You should have tried the burger. You, you can't buy a Travis Scott burger and not even eat a piece. You could have tore a little piece off the burger and tried it to see if it was anything special a, about this it. This is a deeper conversation. I am, this, this goes deeper than we're trying to talk right now. I'm not eating that type of stuff. So it's just, oh, okay. it wasn't. Think, yeah, I wasn't going to eat that okay. burger regardless. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, I'm not gonna pick on you for that, <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I do have a conspiracy theory as to why uh, the problems you mentioned about this merch and advertising exist. But I'll save that for a little bit because I want to get Figgy's thoughts on the burger itself, man. Because I know he actually ate it. So how was a Travis Scott burger, man? Uh, I can't remember if we talked about this last podcast, but. I tried it. I think it was, I thought it was trash. I, uh, like, like, <laughs> like what Jasmine said, I, I'm not a McDonald's person at all. I, and when I go, I don't get their burgers. I, I can't tell you last time I had a quarter pounder with cheese. So, um, I did, I thought it was going to be some type of fancy bag at least. So I could at least Instagram the bag. And it was just straight up the, a regular McDonald's burger. And to me, the bur- the actual burger, I guess this could be with all McDonald's burgers, but it was dry. It wasn't good. I, I was a little irritated that the fries was damn near soggy. So it it was overall a bad experience <laughs> when I got this burger. But I don't, the, I never thought about that burger since, and I got it like <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. So to me, nothing was good about that burger. It, it was just a quarter pounder with cheese with bacon. So I I think that okay. was it. I I ain't get no special barbecue sauce or nothing like that. But um yeah, I I, I, I like I said I kind of knew he was going to do this. I I knew it wasn't I, I I think we talked about the last podcast. W- wish it could have been some type of bag or you know, it ain't had to be the action figure in there, but it should at least had a bag or a special box for the sandwich with his picture on it or something. I just don't understand uh-huh. why it was nothing like that. <laughs> on there yeah i didn't even get it because after our number one like y'all i'm not a mcdonald's person uh trying to eat fast food period and uh ever since i heard there was nothing special about it i'm like okay i'm not even gonna try it but uh i do have a theory as to why this rollout was like this i think number one 
I think McDonald's is probably wary of even entering this partnership with Travis Scott in the first place, being as how his music is not for kids. Yeah. Um, the Michael Jordan thing was different. He was a uh, yeah. he was a role model, yeah. the most popular athlete in the world at that point. And, yeah, it made sense because he had an all-family image. He was very clean-cut dude. We didn't know about the gambling shit till way later. So mm-hmm. at that point, like, it was okay to have a Michael Jordan meal or Michael Jordan toys. You can't really do that with Travis Scott because you, you can't say, oh, only adults can buy this. But kids are going to want to buy the Travis Scott shit, and then they're going to want to listen to Travis Scott music, and their white parents going to walk in while they blast in sicko mode. And they're going to be like, what the fuck, McDonald's? So Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the reason why there was no toy or kind of merchandise, because they didn't want the angry white parents to complain at McDonald's and have all this drama. What's that? You got to think about his audience, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of white people. Yeah. But they're not good. Yeah, that that probably makes sense. Um, what Ryan's saying as far as uh that, and and then you can see the merch. They they do have the merch and all that stuff you can get, which is on Travis' website, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess if, if, I guess if you do want some merch or something like that, just go to his website. If you're a real fan, <laughs> yeah. Because I I went to the website just to look, and when I tell you every fucking thing on there was sold out. They had mm-hmm. a, even the chicken nugget pillow was sold out. Like, who the hell buying a chicken nugget pillow? I I, I lay my head on chicken nugget pillow, man. I, like, kind of look cool. So you gonna pay thirty dollars? <laughs> I, I, I put it on my couch and lay on that bitch. Oh but my uh, my my other theory is to what you just said there. Um, I think if they had some limited edition merch, uh, we would see a Popeyes chicken sandwich part two here where everybody's crowding mcdonald's they're short-staffed and can't handle all of it people are quitting uh people fighting getting shot over this shit um it would have been problems with people if they were because you know how reselling culture is now too it would have been a problem i'm sure they wouldn't have produced enough and they would have popeye's chicken sandwich problems here and they didn't want that so they were like okay we'll just make it like any other burger because i heard even with this they were still having problems keeping this shit in stock which i don't get how because how the fucking mcdonald's gonna run out of burger patties and bacon bacon. but apparently i heard some places were actually having problems keeping up with keeping this meal in stock so if it's like that with the regular ass meal with nothing special in it imagine if they made a special bag or a special box or put something special in it. Like it would have been crazy with the lines and people trying to get it. So I think that had a part in it too, as to why they just kept it plain Jane and yeah, good for Travis, man. I mean, we ain't never seen a rapper yeah. do it on this level. So yeah. Rapper from Houston. I just right? hate, I miss yeah. the, I hate, I miss the snatching of the posters. I didn't. I, I don't know why I didn't think about that until I got on social media. Um, so people went to McDonald's and just took the posters off the wall. Yep. Yeah. See, I this is why that. y'all can't have nice <laughs> things. <laughs> this is why. Right. You know, <laughs> it's a poster. Like this is it, why it y'all can't long. have nice things in the Travis Scott community because all y'all motherfucking resellers and all y'all 
hardcore fans and ragers want to get every single Travis Scott merchandise, like it's Pokemon back in the day, and then just keep it for yourself. And now they can't keep nothing in stock. See, this is why. This is why they didn't want none of this drama here. So they said, nah, we're just going to do it regular. It's y'all fault, y'all crazy fans. (laughs) The Gems and Juice Podcast presents... And we also have a very, very special guest joining us today. The Gems and Juice Artist Spotlight. Brought to you by Sky Lab Studios. Book your studio session now at SkyLabHouston.com. Are you an artist, producer, or a podcaster looking for a professional and private recording studio? Have you been struggling to find the right engineer to record, mix, and master your projects? Created by engineer and music producer and our buddy Mike Kadawi, Skylab Studios Houston is located in the Galleria area of Houston, Texas, and provides a great recording experience while overlooking the city skyline. The skyline actually is really nice. We saw it over his uh, Zoom. It actually looks dope. So, yeah, people. So please visit SkylabHouston.com and hit the Book Now button for session availability. Follow Skylab Studios Houston on Instagram at SkylabHTX for more info. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have another special guest. You know, I say special guest every time, but, you know, we all got special guests coming in now, man. And we're doing the thing. We're trying to highlight uh, new up and coming artists as well as people who have been more established and just putting y'all on to dope shit, man. It's what the Gender Juice podcast stands for, man. We putting y'all on to shit. And uh, to that note, we have another special guest for our uh, artist spotlights, the Gems and Juice artist spotlights. And our second guest, we had Leroy Cook last week, well, the last podcast, and we have another special guest coming on. Uh, his name is Mikey Iso. So first off, I want to welcome him on the podcast, man. Thank you for making time for us, man. We really appreciate it. Uh <laughs> So let, let's start at the beginning, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Tell us about your background growing up. Uh, okay. uh, and let us know about your life, man. Okay. Okay. So, um, I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. Um, an, a Nigerian. Um, I started off, uh, making music at a young age, uh, at around like 15, 14. I started writing poetry. And uh, I was influenced by a lot of the jazz that I used to listen to back in the gap. So uh, my parents and them used to jam Fela Kuti, a uh, Nigerian artist. And then afterwards, you know, uh, I gravitated to jazz easily. So um, Outkast, Most Def, uh, me being from Houston, you know what I'm saying, UTK, a lot of those guys used to inspire me. And it was easy for me to, like, make music that had jazz influence in it. So when I started making music in the beginning, I would always look for something jazzy because it was just like my sound. And I've gravitated from that since I've been doing it for like 15 plus years now. But it's like jazz is like that sound for me where it's just like, oh, I'm in my element right here. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll... <laughs> I have a couple Nigerian friends and I also think that Nigerian parents are like the second strictest parents you can get next to Asian parents. So so how did your parents react when you told them, you know, you want to pursue art, you want to be an artist, you want to be, you know, create music. What what was their reaction when you told them that? (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Um, It was interesting. 
uh, you know, let's say music, ah, like there's, you know, it's like one out of a million makes it, you know, so why are you pursuing something that is like, it's, it's basically impossible to do. And, you know, their mindsets are more so they want to see their kids successful. So they want something like guaranteed your child's a doctor, your child's a lawyer or doing something where it's just like, yo, um, you're good at what you do and you make money off it. So it's more so once I feel like once I become established, things change. You know, it's the, the mindset changes where, okay, he's making money off this. Whereas, uh, you're struggling to do it. It's just like, this is not what I wanted your life to be. So, you know, it's more of the, uh, I want better for you and this is not how I imagine your life to be. So I'm not fully happy with the decisions you're making, but we've changed. It's grown so much since then. And now they're very fully supportive of it. That's good to hear, man. It sounds like they see the vision now. It's always hard to sell the vision at the beginning yeah. when they don't see anything yet. So yeah, that, that's, that's very good that, to hear, that's man. That's kind of interesting because I want to say, um, I want to say our guy Fat Tony. I, w- I want to say his parents are from Nigeria yeah, as well. Yeah, or, yeah, um, yeah. I wanted to do do a lot of Nigerians move to Houston, or it seemed like it's a <laughs> lot in this. <laughs> I would say it wasn't until I came to college. Until U of H that I, I met, um, I got cultured. I, you know, I got into Nigerian culture a little more. I didn't know them back in Dallas. There weren't many around them. Yeah, I really do think that. Um, um, I don't know why. I really don't know why they migrate. Like, like, like. At first, I thought it was the weather, but I went to Nigeria. And I'm like, yo, it's hotter in Houston than it's hotter in Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> like, so. I I really don't know why, but a lot of Nigerians are in Houston, and I I feel like this is like their the second home to them. Like it's Houston, then probably like New York, I think, and then there was a lot in Chicago when I went out there. But yeah, it's a lot of Nigerians in Houston, and yeah, I know probably almost all the Nigerian artists in Houston. <laughs> that that's just Houston too, man. It's it's a very uh, eclectic mix of a lot of immigrant families, man. So that's also what makes the art here so dope too. You have so many dope influences from around the world, like coalescing in one place. So that's why our art is so diverse. People don't really realize, man. They think it's all about the Paul Wall and the swangas and all that stuff and the sip and lean. It ain't all about that, man. We got all types of music for all types of people here because right. of their different background and culture influences. So that's always a good thing, man. You also mentioned uh, being heavily influenced by jazz, which I think is interesting because you don't really hear that too much about, you know, you you might hear some people influenced by soul music, but jazz is one of those things that's been kind of, I want to say gentrified in the last few decades. Whereas, you know, back in the day we had the uh, Miles Davis and John Coltrane and stuff like that. But now you think of it more as something that white people are into for some reason. And you don't hear too many people, or especially like black people say, I'm going to a jazz club or I'm in a jazz, anything like that. So what do you think about the state of jazz right now? Um, I, I feel like, yeah, the state of jazz is, has, um, you know, it's not really in the limelight like it used to be. 
Like it's very rare you even hear someone just listen to jazz, strictly jazz music nowadays. And it's so crazy because when I work out, you know what I'm saying, I would listen to the wildest stuff. Where, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, okay, you know. Uh, but um, the the thing that I do like about jazz, in a sense, is like how it's uh, you know, tied within hip hop now. Like even Kendrick Lamar's uh, uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly" was a very jazzy album. And and to in my opinion, that's his best album. Like that was one of the albums, like uh, for that for uh, the decade where it was just like it was so big. And for it to be like jazz in the sense of even that hip hop, like you know how Jay Z started with the jazz sounds. It's like it's not really seen as much, but to see that how he did to Pimp a Butterfly was just so uh, inspiring, and it touched many uh, you know kids, generations, and such. I felt like it was very impactful. So I feel like jazz still has a sound in today's world. It's just like, you know, even, uh, what's the name? Um, uh, uh, Masego with that song. No, I had to learn how to play that piece. Like, you know, <laughs> yo, that's a sweet tune. So it's like, it's whatever the ear captures and, you know, everyone's ear is different, but when they capture it and they hear it, I feel like jazz is still loved in today's society. I agree. I do think the feelings being restored. Um, you got people like Thundercat too. Like pe- people are yeah. trying to bring the sound back, man. So I have appreciated that. You know, it's a sound that we need to reclaim. You know, I'm tired of these, all our cultures getting gentrified. We got to bring some stuff back. So yeah. that's yeah. always a good thing. Yeah. I definitely agree. Um, definitely agree. Yeah, I, I want to talk about your uh, your new single, Black Child. Now I listened, mm-hmm. to it, I, I thought it was dope, but I feel like I felt like you always been making that type of music. I felt like you you always I felt like it wasn't a reach for you because we see you know yeah. we know what's been going on throughout this world throughout this country, and you got a lot of mm-hmm. people that try to make the woke song, and mm-hmm. I felt like that wasn't really the thing with you. I I felt like that's kind yeah. of a song you would have put out anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, let's talk about that song. Okay, so Black Child, whew, Black Child, really. So I've what I've been doing, I've been trying to be more consistent. So I've been releasing a single every month uh, since I think like June. And for Black Child, uh, I've been wanting to talk about this topic for a while. Just by uh, I've done it before, and I was really aggressive and. In a sense, ignorant on purpose. Uh, on it's it's a record I did. I redid J Cole's G O M D back in the gap, and I so I redid it. We talked about social injustice back then, but this time around for Black Child, it was like I've been meaning to talk about everything that was going on. I just like for me, I was like it has to really hit me in a sense where it's like okay, it's time to write about this. So when Chadwick Boseman died, uh. It hit me, and I'm a big Marvel fan. You know, uh, watch all all the Marvel. I I got comic books and such. So when he died, it was just like I was looking at it like my little brother. I was looking at it just like kids in general and see how they were affected. A black superhero died to them, and then with everything that's going on, everything is just so crooked. It's just like yo, Black Lives Matter, and so much is going on. You seen, you know, uh, Tamir Rice, the uh, a young kid with a play gun, he can't even play outside because he's dying by cops. 
You've seen what's going on with the Breonna Taylor. You've seen what's going on with uh, Jacob Blake, Elijah McClain. And it was just like, yo, okay, it's time to talk about it. So just looking at, uh, I wrote Black Child like, at, we are all black childs, like me, you kids. And it's just like, yo, we matter in this world and don't let nobody ever tell you nothing different. So, you know, it had like African sounds and black child. And I just wanted to mention everything that was on my mind during that time when I made that record. Oh, yeah. It's a dope record too. It's a dope I, record. I, I love some blessings and candy coated dreams as well. The, is her name, can you pronounce her name for me, Soraya? Which one? Um, the girl, it's a lady that you have on, um, I believe it's, uh, what is it? Uh, Blessings and a few other songs that you have, she's singing. Is it Soraya? Uh, How do you pronounce it? Is it Skyra Blue? Skyra, Skyra, that's what yeah. it is. How did you hook up with yeah. her? Uh, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's a long time, friend. Um, we met, I think, like 2012. 2012, uh, we met at a show. Um, she was singing and I seen her and I did my own set and then we hooked up and we've been cool ever since. So we got a lot of records together. Uh, Candy Coated Dreams, she's on that. Uh, don't tell nobody what part two is coming out. Candy Coated Dreams part two Ooh. coming out. Okay. Probably next month. I don't know. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. But yeah. Okay, I uh, enjoyed that one. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah. Candy Coated Dreams is like one of my favorites. Um, But um, yeah, she's just a dope artist as well in uh, Houston as well. So and she has a lot of great content. We made a lot of great records together. Uh, Candy Coated Dreams, uh, uh, Bittersweet, um, Green Light. Etc. Etc. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So a lot of stuff coming up to look mm-hmm. forward to. That's good, man. Uh, meant to ask you this too because we usually do a check in. You know, uh, how have you been uh, maintaining during this pandemic, man? I know it's uh, affected everybody, and I know especially artists are, are hurting a little bit because of the live shows being gone, but. Also, I think it's a, it could be a blessing in disguise for some people because they're able to cr- sit down and create, you yeah. know, and, and really be inspired by what's going on in the world right now. So mm-hmm. how, have, how have you been maintaining during this time, man? Uh, um, that's a great question. Uh, like it was something I had to adjust to because when the pandemic first started, I was in, uh, California, uh, Salinas, California. I was on a project helping doctors and nurses and they were debating on, stopping the project because uh so what i do basically i help them in the emr electronic medical record settings they get a new emr system i teach them how to use it so during that time covid was happening and i was there before covid and when all the shutdowns they're debating should we continue to teach these doctors and nurses uh this new emr system and so i had to adjust with everything just like yo Oh, everything's really changing now in a sense. And, you know, um, we were practicing social distancing in the hospitals and everything. And I was so scared because it's like, you know, the little, you know, you start, you're afraid to cough. You, you, you know, you sense something little. And then I will overthink it. It's like, yo, I got it now. It's, it's a wrap for me. So like at that time, I was just afraid to do anything 
and more now. So it's like, I'm still in my own ways. I say to myself, but it's more, I'm finding new ways to like just move because I know there's no more performances. And so I'll stay in my room sometimes. It's just like, man, what can I watch? I watch a lot of more YouTube videos and watch different people perform. I've been playing the saxophone a lot more. I'm trying to learn new instrument, how to play an instrument. It's just like, I got nothing but time at this point. So it's just like, you know, I got a guitar right here. And it's just like, I'm just trying to do more things with myself to be like, all right, I'm elevating in ways and just not just chilling and just sitting around waiting for things to open up again. That's good to hear, man. That's very inspiring, too, because I feel like a lot of us felt like that at the beginning, you know, when you didn't know how long it was going on. Some people have a hard time sitting still, man. So it's definitely been difficult, but it's good to see you're inspired working on. You're, you're a superhero, man. I didn't know you were doing all that all before this, too. So you made great <laughs> making songs and saving the world. So that's dope, man. That's good to hear. Shoot. Thank you. Uh, so we also like to uh, um, kind of make a summary of, so for the art, people who haven't heard of an artist can kind of get a vibe of what you're about and, and be inspired to check you out. So for somebody who's never heard of Mikey Iso, uh, how would you describe your sound, your music, and, and, and why should they go stream your stuff immediately? Mm. Um, I'm very direct. I s- try to speak to the heart a lot. I battled with so much in my life, like just like depression, um, um, heartbreaks, uh, you know, things. So I like to speak on things that I actually go through in life. And I feel like, you know, if you like things like that, where you can resonate with stuff that you just deal with in life, the good, the bad, the ugly, then I'm that artist to listen to. And you can find, you know, some healing in that. Sound like my type of artist too, man, because I'm I'm definitely <laughs> fit in that description. So, mm-hmm. yes, every, everybody check out Mikey Iso. Um, find him on Instagram at Mikey Iso M Y K E Y I S O. Uh, check him out on Spotify. Sound all the stream. Y'all know how to listen to music. I ain't got to explain it to y'all. Look him up. <laughs> Better yet, man, buy buy the actual album. Buy the actual music. Yeah, like it's it's cool to stream and all that, but I like to go to iTunes and actually purchase the the um the the song because that to me that really means more than just streaming it one time or a couple times. Thank you. Same here, same here, man. So if y'all got it, uh, definitely check him out. Uh, Figgy Jasmine, y'all have anything else? I'm straight. My audio is tripping. I'm scared my audio is tripping. I don't want to fuck up the interview. Are you good? You good. <laughs> all, all right. So, uh, yeah, like we said, we really appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, all y'all, check out Mikey Iso. Uh, this will be a recurring feature on the show as well. Um, so look forward to it. I'm not going to, we're not going to promise every week, but we're going to try to put you on to new dope shit every week. And we're going to have some recurring friends of the show too. And hopefully get Mikey on again soon. You know, he's real chill, cool guy. So we can just talk about things in general going on life. in the world with him. So was that? I said life. We got to talk about life. <laughs> you talk about life, man. You talk about the Lakers about to yeah. win this BS championship, <laughs> but. <laughs> 
<laughs> I saw you. I saw you repping the Rockets on Instagram too. So oh, yeah. that. <laughs> big rock. Big yeah. yeah, die hard Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how disappointed were you that they lost? And the bubble? I mean, in reality, I knew they were going to lose. It didn't hurt me as much as 2018. 2018, I probably shed a tear that year because yeah. I felt like that was the year we were going to win, and a hamstring messed that up. And so, but you know, I. I, I saw us. I was mad the way we lost. I rather us had fought harder, but it was just like I was at least Lakers in six at least. But we got that one win. And after that, <laughs> hey man. <laughs> so yeah, Mike D'Antoni is fired now. We got to mm-hmm. switch up that. Like yeah, small ball was cool, but it wasn't something I really liked. I didn't feel like it was gonna work, and Lakers definitely exposed that. So. Yeah, my my thoughts <laughs> exactly, man. Like I didn't think they were gonna take it anyway. I wish mm-hmm. Daniel House wasn't tripping like he was. I think that would give us a little bit of a more of a fight. I hoop on Sundays at this league, and I saw Daniel House there. Like shortly after, I really wanted to ask him, "Hey, man, what happened in that boat?" It took me everything not to ask him because he came and backed me up. I'm like, hey, man, I just, you, you know I got a question, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that situation was so messed up, too, because I didn't know he was married. <laughs> and yeah, I didn't either. So it's just like, damn, now he he got to leave the bubble and go back home to his wife. <laughs> so it's just like, damn. Like I don't even know if it was true or not, but just yeah. just for the headlines alone, that that would cause trouble in the house. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I still think LeBron snitched. He said, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he don't don't trust him. Him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think LeBron snitched, man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we definitely gonna have you on again, man, and just might, might talk about everything going on. Uh, yeah. So really appreciate you joining us, Mikey. Wait, before uh, before no we go, we gotta talk about this contest, though. Yeah, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't, hold on, man, hold on. I'll, 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 we gonna hit the contest in a minute. We gonna hit the contest. Contest. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I know. So, guys, yeah. we mentioned at the beginning of this interview, we have a special contest going on. With our partnership, our new partnership with uh, Skylab Studios Houston. And we are going to have, wait, I'm trying to read the rules because there's a lot going on. But basically, <laughs> we are we are doing a giveaway for aspiring artists to get some studio time free of charge at Skylab. Also be featured on our podcast also get a Gems and Juice t-shirt and face mask, and also get a beat produced by Skylab producer Mike Kadawi. So basically, your starter kit to make it on SoundCloud is right here, <laughs> right here, Gems and Juice podcast. That, man, that, this is a big, t- two hours of studio time. Mikey, I, I know you know about, you know, the studio time and stuff like that, man. Two hours is a nice little thing for, for free. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and like we said, the skyline is real nice there too. So you can get your little pictures for Instagram mm-hmm. to, to tell us <laughs> all your girls talk about how you working hard in the studio right now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, yes. 
we, we, we're going to have y'all all set up, but there are rules to this shit, rules and regulations. You got to follow first to enter the podcast, yeah. enter the contest. It's a three-step entry. First off, you have to follow Skylab HTX on Instagram. It's at Skylab HTX and Gems and Juice on Instagram. Uh, you got to follow us both. Uh, and like the artist spotlight post. You'll see it as soon as you get there. It's the artist spotlight post on our accounts. You also need to drop two artists under the artist spotlight post on Skylab HTX and Jim and Juice Instagram pages. Hit them okay, comments maybe more up. instructions. Go ahead. I said hit them comments up. Drop some artists. Yes. Them you, you gotta, you gotta promote yourself and pro- you prove that you fuck with the podcast too, man. So. Uh, step number two, like I said, drop two artists under the artist spotlight posts on Skylab HTX and Jim the Juice Instagram pages. Third step, repost the artist spotlight flyer on your personal, per, public personal IG page. Tag at Skylab HTX and at Jim and Juice and let us know when you're done. That's it. Now, if you couldn't, if you couldn't follow along with that, we'll post the rules on our social media. Um, just so you know, and yeah, like we said, y'all is good, good, dope setup. If you're an aspiring artist who, you know, having a hard time procuring a studio during this pandemic and motherfuckers ain't got no money and jobs and shit. So if you're trying to work on your craft and, and need a boost, we here for you. You just got to uh, follow the rules, yeah. enter the contest. We'll do a randomized drawing. There ain't no favorites here. We going to do a random drawing and whoever, uh, wins it, you win, man. So, yeah. yes. Uh, props to uh, Jasmine and Figgy as well for help putting this together. They, they doing the legwork here, man. So, <laughs> shout out to y'all as well. Shout out to Mike for participating and being cool with it. Yeah. And good, so, yeah, guys. The good thing about Skylab Studios, like, whenever I used to record, I never liked the big studios where everybody be in there and there's all type of dudes you don't even know who it is in there. The good thing about mm-hmm. this studio, it's more personal, it's more intimate. And to me, those the best times to, you know, let your thoughts go, you know, record yeah. and focus. So um this is one of those studios. If you're an intimate recorder, I am. So uh this would be the best um studio to go to. So make sure you go to um go to the website and hit books now. Yes, yes. Book it. And even if you don't win the contest, man, like we said, it's a cool studio great skyline view so check it out and and yeah man so thank again to micah dowie for hooking this up for us and yeah looking forward to you guys winning and entering and it's gonna be a fun process so enter now that's it that's the order folks (laughs) all right all right so go ahead thank you i know i was just gonna say um thank you again to mikey for hopping on with us man Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Appreciate you, man. We hope to do it again soon, man. I'm looking forward to Candy Coated Dreams, too. Yes. Appreciate <laughs> that one, Coach. Yes. Everybody stream Mikey, follow Mikey, and check his music out. Like he said, real good. And we'll see you again soon, bro. But yeah, so now that we've covered the Travis Scott situation, <laughs> I guess we can get into the bullshit. We gotta talk about this Tory Lanez album, man. So 
for I don't think any of us actually listen to this a whole lot at all, but we got to talk about it. We got to talk about the controversy and whatnot. So uh, last week, Tory Lanez teased on Instagram or some platform that he was finally going to speak out about what happened. And I think I, like most people, expected him to just jump on Instagram live and just talk about his side of the story. Turns out this was promotion for an album he dropped that same day, which already put a bad taste in people's mouths because now they see, oh, you're using this as promotion to get paid off of, basically. Kind of like the August Alcina thing, but at least the August Alcina thing was created by Jada Pink. Like, he didn't do this himself. Like, she went on and created entanglements, and he just went and capitalized off of it. But this is a situation where Meg Thee Stallion didn't use this for promo for herself, and he came out, and his first thing to say about it really is in music. And I, I just skimmed over what he said, and it was a lot a lot of nothing, honestly. Um, it seems like he still wants her back. He still wants to talk to her. Um, he's apparently denying that he shot her because he says some shit like, how are you going to get shot and then not hit any tendons or bones? So it kind of sounds like he saw that on Twitter and just put it in a song because that's what niggas were saying on Twitter too. So I, I didn't see anything insightful that made me want to listen to this album and see what he had to say. Um, but I do know some people are saying this album, and I don't know if they're just Tory fans that are out they mind, but their people are saying technically it sounds like a pretty good album, just production-wise and him singing-wise, I guess. But I'm also seeing some feedback of Rick Ross, who never talks about anything, actually came out and said Tory was wrong for this, which is good for him because we haven't seen a whole lot of rappers come out and kind of, you know, uh, uh, prop up Meg and, and, and call Tory on the bullshit. Everybody's been kind of quiet. So good for Rick Ross. But I, I what, wonder, what were y'all's thoughts? I wonder, was he saying that because of uh, um, the actual album or because he released it after the day after the Breonna Taylor situation? He said it was because of Breonna Taylor. It was just bad timing and he shouldn't have done it, which really – Somebody should have stopped this from coming out right after that. Yeah. You know, I don't understand why. Like, I understand he had a side of the story that he wants to tell, and I knew we were going to hear his side eventually. But the timing was really bad being after the Breonna Taylor decision. And, yeah, it, it was just a bad look all around. But what was y'all's reaction to this? Did y'all's opinions change after you heard that he put this out? Or are you still kind of the same as you've always been on it? We'll go with that, uh, first. Oh, okay. I um I think that well he did come out um just to state more facts he and continue the story. He did come out and say that that was his mother's birthday and also the day that she passed away. I don't know if that makes a difference for the people you know, some people or not. I do agree with you, Rocket, and like somebody on his team could have could have done otherwise, but if if that's a date that's geared to him, I also get that as well. Um, he probably wasn't even thinking about it like that. But I don't know. You know, that's why you have a team. That's why you have publicists and things like that to to, to help you out with those things. But 
Um, I, this is just, I didn't initially want to listen to it for, I mean, obvious reasons because, um, I just thought it was sick and I thought it was nasty of him to, to do that without knowing the story about his mom and why he had wanted to, you know, why that date was chosen initially to begin with. Um, but also in the same breath, I felt like, um, it's really hard to talk about this. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. It's really hard for me to talk to anybody about this because I never want to seem like I'm not on the side of the woman or I never wanted to come across as though Megan shouldn't, should have been shot. She should not have been shot. She didn't deserve to be shot. No woman ever, nobody, like, no, that situation should have never happened to her. But, um, at the same time, in the same breath, you also have to, you also need to understand both, not understand both sides, but hear out the other side of the story as well. Whether whether it changes my opinion or not, I think it's fair to also um, hear the other side. So that's what made me decide to listen to a few tracks that I did. And then once I got into the album, I realized, okay, this this ain't, I don't need to listen to no more of this. But um, I don't know. It's just, I thought it was just distasteful of him. I thought it was very distasteful of him. I thought it was interesting um i thought um kind of like what what you said about some of the things he was saying as far as um getting shot and how you you know getting shot in the foot things like that megan did address and she did say it's funny how you know your team is saying things like that and so i don't know if it was a matter of you know him have made it making that album and him putting his team putting all these rumors out and then he goes to make an album to call you know to go hand in hand with these rumors I don't know. It's just, honestly, it's a headache and it's a distraction. Megan is good. She's okay. Um, she's moving forward. Um, I think that, um, in the, in the, in the, in the least amount of words, we can say just continue to support her and continue to, um, you know, put, push positivity her way and prayer her way. I think that's the most important thing in this whole situation. And even him, like, yes, He's in the wrong. Yes, people are upset. Yes, he, you know, people want him deported, things, that, and the other. But at the same time, I think that's a problem with the black community right now. We don't, um, whenever things like this happen, we don't help one another. Uh, we, we place blame. We, we, um, you know, we shame, we shame, we shame, we disown, we disown. But no matter what happened, he probably somebody that needs help as well or needs you know some like this i'm sure this isn't easy for him to be going through regardless of the this the harm that he did and the just stupid and foolishness that he did to that woman but at the same time i think this is a teaching moment and if we don't if nobody tries to make it a teaching moment it's just going to continue we we going to continue to be what what it is and it i just i hate to not see us move forward in positivity from something that just happened like this so I, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's an interesting situation. And I just, I honestly wish both parties the best. And I just wish we would stop talking about the who's fought, who who did what and stop trying to piece everything together and just focus on the the, the solution and focus on the, on the healing aspect of what happened versus you lying, he lying, Kylie did this, Kylie was flirting, like Megan was mad. Like, I just, I'm over that. I'm over that aspect of this whole, this whole thing. Yeah, and I will say, because uh if you say some of the things Jasmine has said on Twitter, even though they're not bad, like, you will get destroyed. But I will say, honestly, 
like you honestly you can say and of course i agree there's no reason for a man to shoot a woman unless she has a gun too and it's literally you know you defending your life life or death but, yes but i also think that Tori is entitled to say what happened from his perspective and you cannot agree you can say you don't want to hear it uh but he's entitled to say if he if things that were were if he's portrayed a certain way that he knows is not true he's entitled to say what actually happened and you can choose to believe it or not and I, you, we always know the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm not saying Megan did anything to deserve getting shots, but I also know, you know, when people get drunk, crazy shit happens, and it's, it's usually not as cut and dry as good versus evil. One guy was all bad, and the other person was a perfect angel. I'm not, like I said, it's not saying excusing anything, but there's always the truth is in the middle somewhere. And he, he's entitled to that at the very least. You don't have to believe it, but you have to accept that he's going to say something about it at some point because he has to. He has to explain himself. So yeah. you believe him or not, there is that. But, yeah, that, that's just how I feel about it. But, Figgy, how, how do you feel about the this whole debacle going yeah. on? Um, I was kind of – I was I ain't going to lie. I was kind of disappointed. And you all know I'm I'm on Meg's side no matter what. Like I, I don't think anyone should, uh, any woman should be shot for whatever reason, but I was disappointed for the simple fact that we waited two months. It was two months, and he haven't said a word. He haven't tweeted. He haven't done anything. And you know, those past two months, Meg made her statement on Instagram live. She ain't do nothing fancy. She ain't drop a tell-all song or a tell-all album talking about the situation. She she jumped on there to say what happened. And we had we heard nothing from Tory, and now I, I feel like we thought we was gonna hear something from Tory on Instagram Live or whatever, and he dropped an album. So to me, that was kind of like man, like not like Meg didn't really benefit from this situation. And I mean, maybe she I, honestly, I felt like she got more heat for it than you know sympathy. And I, I I just think that was I, I I just think it was really bad taste. Uh I listened to half of the album and he really wasn't saying much. It wasn't nothing where I was like, Oh yeah, like, like that was his that was his side of the story, cool. But to me, I didn't listen to that album and say, Oh yeah, you know, Tori was right or I like I don't know what was facts about his album. And you, you really can't believe it's hard for me to believe music. Like if you mm-hmm. like if you make a diss song like you really can't believe everything that person said in the diss song. So some stuff might be true, some stuff might be lies. So you know, I I kind of took that album with a grain of salt as far as what he said. I, I'm not about to use that and say, "Yep, see, he was right all along." See, I believe Tory. So so from that point on, I just I was kind of turned off. I was a little turned off by a lot of people too, man. A lot of people were saying, "Oh yeah, see, yeah, Tory Lanez, he he dropped it." The, the one the one thing that was pissing me off with people was people were saying how smart he was for doing this. 
it's like you're gonna get people attention if you haven't said a fucking word in two months and you drop an album talking about this serious allegation by the way is it, it wasn't a small little breakup it was a serious allegation and of course you're gonna get views of course you're gonna get that million uh that million streams you know in a day because people we nosy but I, I, to me it was just it was kind of Takashi six nine ish to me, just yeah. just kind of waiting around and then, hey guys, I, I addressed it on my album, and now you got everybody talking about it on the album. I mean, or you got everybody talking about the album. So I I think that was kind of whack, and honestly, honestly it, it, I feel like if he never, never oh, I feel like I feel like if he, if he oh I hear myself, I hear myself hello. What's going on? I hear you now too. You echoing? Yeah. Hello. Okay, you yeah. good now? You good oh, now? Okay. But um, I just I just think if if he if he really didn't do it, I, I'm jumping. Like if I if I was in that situation and I really didn't do it, I would jump right on Instagram Live where I would leave a statement or something saying, "Hey, I did not do this." But so it's to me it's hard for me to think he didn't do this because like you know if it if it if this situation happened with y'all i'm sure y'all not about to sit around for three or four months and not say a word and then drop an album or something like that saying you didn't do it i I just think if he really didn't do it he you know he would have came out and said wait a minute hold on like nah that this is my side of the story this is what happened this is what happened but um and let's keep echoing uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know, I just think it was kind of corny. I, I, I was really disappointed in all the people that were saying, well, yep, it's, it's fire though. It's fire. Of course it's going to be fire. It's Tory Lanez. Like this dude been dropping good music for a minute. <laughs> so it, it was about to be whack. And with the numbers he did, I think he would have did those numbers regardless. If he would have talked a couple months ago and explained the situation, and then, you know, everybody pick a side and move on. He could have dropped this album the same day and probably would have did the same numbers. And we probably wouldn't be, you know, we, we really wouldn't be into it as much. It, it would just be another Tory Lanez album. But I don't know. I, it's just, I've just seen a lot of ignorant people on here. And it's, it's crazy because we brought up how he actually dropped the album that I want to say the day after Breonna Taylor's decision. To me, that was, to me, that was kind of weak. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just funny seeing people defend Tory Lanez right now because they, they kind of remind me of, of the people that's defending the cop who killed Breonna Taylor. They, they got all these questions. They saying, Oh, what, what happened? Oh, well, you know, she was drunk. Oh, well, I think she stepped on glass and they, they making all these excuses to defend Tory Lanez. And it's, it, it, it got that same feeling of when people try to defend the police who killed Breonna Taylor to me. I don't know. I, I don't want to, you know, I want to jump out the window with that. But to me, I feel like it got that same feeling. I, I agree. I, I, I agree in principle. Um, I also think there's a difference between a police officer and a domestic dispute between a couple. But I get what you're saying. Like the energy is similar in some places. And I also agree that, um, 
uh, like I just love my fucking train of thought now. Oh yeah, the the way it was rolled out, um, was bad. You can say if he had a side of story, he can speak, and he's entitled to that. Yeah, but I always assumed the reason why he was quiet for three or four months was because of like legal reasons, you know, since he could potentially be charged. Um, I'm sure he was being advised by his lawyers not to say anything. That's what I figured. Mm-hmm. But now since he drops an album about it, now it kind of seems like, oh, okay, you were using this for promotion for yourself to get some streaming numbers up because you know everybody wants to hear it. If you just jumped on IG Live and said, you know, I fucked up, but it wasn't what y'all think it was. I think people would still, I'm not saying they would take him back. They might still try to get him canceled, but they would at least understand like, okay, you seem remorseful and you seem, if he, if he just got on and apologized, but then said there was other sides to it, people would have understood that. Yeah. When you drop an album just to get the numbers that, like you said, it makes him look guilty. It makes him look like he's just using it for promo. And for people who are saying it's smart, for people who are saying, yeah, it's a smart thing to do to drop the album and get the numbers. It's smart for that week. But look what happened after he did. Publications are saying they're not going to cover Tory Lanez anymore yeah, because of this. People are saying they're not going to mention him or promote anything he's got going on. They're not going to interview him. I'm sure a lot of artists are just not going to work with him now because it's not worth the risk it's, to it's, be associated with that. It's funny. You so said, it's funny you said that because when the album dropped, I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. It, it took. Yep. A, it took. A it was long, on SoundCloud, man. It, it took, and it took a long time for it to drop on title. I, I checked title all morning looking for it, and it wasn't there. So I'm like, damn. I thought they was taking a stance, and then eventually yeah. it, it, it hopped on title, but. Apple Music was the only place I could find it. And that wasn't even, usually a Tory Lanez album would be right in the front. Yeah. It, it wasn't in the front. You, you had to scroll down and look for it. You actually had to search his name to go to the album. So that, to me, that was telling too. Yeah. And that's why, like, this was, this potentially could have been career suicide for him. So I viewed it, I kind of viewed it as, um, his career was in jeopardy regardless. So I viewed it as, um, you know, I know, you know, it may sound distasteful, but I viewed it as if he going to go out, he might as well go out with money for this case, money for getting deported, money for whatever, whatever's about to come his way. I I saw it as him looking at it or his team versus him looking at it like if people about to stop fucking with Tory Lanez, this is why they like. Let me go ahead and get say what I got to say, and this is why they stop. Like this is the end of it because I feel like people are gonna stop fucking with him regardless. Like you know, I do agree with him putting out a statement on Instagram first, kind of like making something of that sort. But people weren't fucking with him regardless. Like hit like people not they not gonna they weren't people not fucking with him regardless. You know what I mean? His he's never going to be the same artist in my opinion again. So I I don't see it as it being smart i just see it as i see what his team may have been thinking as far as like you know this may be the end for him regardless of regardless of what's going you know i just this may be the end for him and you know, like you said now he lo- you know losing sponsorships things of that sort i think it was gonna be the end for him regardless of what he did so why not do it in the craft that he came in the industry doing it for like i don't know I don't know. It's just it's just so funny how people like wow he's a genius for this. 
Like, oh, no, like you put that. an album out. It was a tell-all album. Like, what's so smart about that? A bunch of people did this before. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people been in situations and dropped a song or dropped an album. People had like R. Kelly dropped a 20-minute song yes. explaining the allegations, and everybody thought he was trash for it. But suddenly, Tory Lanez is a genius. I don't yeah. get that part. And, and then people like, well, the songs is fine. Like, listen to the rest of his other albums. He, he wasn't a bad artist. You know what yeah, I mean? he, he was never a bad artist he's a to with. He's a super talented guy. He makes good music. He always been making good music. So I just, like, the stuff people saying is just kind of goofy to me, man. It's, like, of course, whatever he drop is, is, is probably going to do numbers. You know what I mean? But, like, it, I wasn't like, wow, he dropped the album. This is so smart. Sakashi says now I did the same thing. Like, are, are we calling him smart? I mean, I'm sure some people are, but yeah. I'm not looking at that like, wow, he's a genius. Like that's yeah, we see how long that shit lasted. Like, like people don't care about that now. And and even with the Story Lanes album, it, it dropped last week. I haven't heard nobody talk about it since. I haven't, I haven't heard. I ain't hear nobody bumping it, or I ain't hear nobody saying, yeah, this shit is still in rotation. That that shit is long ago. People had their arguments for the week. For a couple of days about Meg versus Tory, that that's it now. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, if he knew it was gonna be the end for him, like you might as well do what you like. That's what we know you for is music. So might as well end that way. If we ain't gonna hear nothing else from you, you know, type shit or people not checking for you ever again. Yeah, that could be his mentality, too. Um, there's also been some more reports circulating about Meg accusing his team of apparently faking text and email stuff to leak out to the press of basically saying that, you know, trying to frame it as Meg not being a victim in the case. So I think this thing is going to get messier before it gets resolved, honestly. Tory Lanez is trying to salvage his career or what's left of it. And Meg is going to move on, but she's not going to just sit around and let him rehabilitate his image off of her by making her look like a bad guy, too. So it's going to be messy for a while, man. But hopefully, like Jasmine said, we eventually move past it. And Meg's going to be doing okay. Tory Lane's going to be fucked up for a while. But, I mean, that's what happens when you shoot a woman. So it's it's weird. I I, want to ask you all something. Where do you all stand with this? Do you all think? she really got shot or did she really step on glass? The, the part that's bothering me too is people saying, I think she stepped on glass. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, where did the, like people not really giving us anything. They just saying, I think she stepped on. Where did the glass come from? Look, look I, 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 there's some of the stuff that kind of bothered me. It's like, like if you think she stepped on glass, why do you think she stepped on glass? Like, did, did somebody break a bottle around there and she was walking around barefoot? I think that just speaks to the whole situation in total. We don't have the answers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, all Megan said was that Tory Lanez intentionally shot her. That's all the details she gave. Tory, he's given all the details that Megan ha- hasn't given. Or he's, you know, he's filling in all the holes. And so we don't have anything really to go off of. So that's why I just think it's... It's it's a waste of energy for us to continue to go. You know, we gonna do it because it's the public. Like whatever, it's pop culture, but it's just a waste of energy because no one knows what happened but the people that were there. And the best friend ain't saying nothing either. So I just feel like you know, it's just 
we just need to focus on Megan is okay and, you know, just moving forward type mm-hmm. stuff because that's the whole point. That's the whole issue. No one knows what happened. So, yeah. like you saying, like, for people that are saying she got cut, how? Yeah. You know, what's the story there? That's another, that's another hot, that's another, like, rabbit hole. Like, people just making mm-hmm. up a you know, assumptions of what, how she, how the, how she cut her foot. Like, you know, that's just yeah. the same reason of making up assumptions of how she got shot. Like, I just yeah. think it's all a rabbit hole and we need to move past that yeah. and just know that she got, she, she's okay. Like, and, yeah. and she work on, focus on the healing that needs to come from this whole situation. Yeah. It's just funny because he, he did get arrested for a gun charge <laughs> and, and then after that, that's when we start finding out about the Meg situation. And so, to me, her part make more sense, I guess. But I just don't understand the whole, you know, I think she's still doing glass. Like, where is that coming from outside of her saying that? Tory Lanez fans. Like, that's all it really is. Like, you're going to make it. We see us all the time. It just sounds Like, I would take somebody saying I think somebody else did it. Like, if somebody else did it, I get it. I I, kind of understand, but. Like, there's, like, where is the glass coming from? Like, why do you think she stepped on glass? And I just, yeah, I I just think it's the fans. People just love his music so much. Well, to be honest, to be, like, if we want to take it all the way back, the glass was reported in the initial TMZ report. That was the initial report that was leaked to the, or that TMZ reported on. That's why they keep talking about the glass, because Megan later corrected that statement or later gave in a different statement. But what they initially reported when we first heard about this story was that um, she had glass wounds. But everybody, those people that continue to still bring it up, it's because they haven't bothered to up, be updated on the case or they just hold on to that, that initial report because that was the initial report. And she even spoke to like, you know, how she didn't want to, the, just the whole ba- just the whole situation. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just the whole situation. Like that, she, she spoke to not wanting to, you know, ha- get Tori in trouble. Like, you know, things like that. Like put them in a dangerous situation with the cops. Like it's, I, it's just all, it, it's a rabbit hole. It's all a rabbit hole. <laughs> and, and, yeah, as far as I go, like Biggie said, I'm inclined, like, okay, none of us were there. None of us will truly ever know what really happened. But seeing how all this unraveled, I'm more inclined to believe Meg, not just because she's a woman, but more so because she has been completely reactive in this entire storytelling and not proactive. She didn't come out and say Tory shot her. People on Twitter started getting their fucking conspiracy theory hats on and they pieced it together. They made this storyline about, you know, and they were making jokes about it. And she had to come out and say, nah, this shit wasn't funny. This nigga shot me. You know, like she's been reactive because they've been portraying her a certain way. And according to her, his team has been lying on her. So, She's just come out and said, no, this is what happened. And it's not, it would be different if she immediately said, hey, Tory Lane shot me. Like, right after this whole thing happened. Then I might be like, okay, who knows? Because maybe it's, who knows? But the fact that it took so long for us to get any answers, and the only reason we got anything, like, I still believe if nobody made a big deal about this, she would have never, until maybe years later in her memoir, said she got shot by Tory. She didn't want to come out and say it, period. Yeah. So, and she I don't know. She's not even that type of person. It's one thing if she was that type of person to 
to um, make up stuff like that. If it was like a Kim Kardashian or somebody who want the attention or want the spotlight yeah. or do stuff for the wrong reasons. To, um, remember, like, remember when Kim Kardashian said she got robbed? Yeah. I still don't believe that happened. Really? Man. <laughs> I forgot. I still don't believe that happened, man. Robbed in Paris. <laughs> yeah. I just don't believe that happened, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. Shit. I just don't believe niggas really ran up on Kim Kardashian and robbed her from her shit, man. I just, I have a hard time believing that. And if certain people said it like a Cardi B, who we know would throw a shoe at a bitch, like, if she came out, it, like, I would have trouble believing certain people. But Meg isn't really like that. At least she don't seem like that. So, yeah, I don't know, man. But enough of this shit, she, man. We've yeah. been talking about this long enough. Speaking of her. There's been several yeah, podcasts. Speaking of her, too, she's going to be on Saturday Night Live with. Um, oh, Chris yeah. Rock. Chris Rock. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tune in, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. wonder how she's going to be interesting with that debate after that debate, for sure. That presidential debate. I, I'm sick of the fucking Saturday Night Live. Like, I'm sick of this fucking political, like, not the political shit, but I feel like they recycle the same jokes. Like, okay, Alec Baldwin gonna get up there and act like Trump. Like, okay, nigga, we've seen this 150 times now. Jim Carrey as Joe Biden might be funny. I don't know. But, and Maya Rudolph, I love Maya Rudolph, so she'll be cool as Kamala. But I just don't want them to make the Democrats seem too cool. I hate when they do that shit. Like, I know they're going to make Kamala look like a fucking queen, and I'm not going <laughs> to like that either. So, but I, I'm going to still watch because I'm a big Chris Rock fan. So, I just I think can't it's wait to see. Um, honestly, I can't wait to see Trump's like talking about um, Biden and his big mask that he likes to wear all the time, and then, <laughs> then revealing how he got COVID right after that. I wonder because, and I guess we'll talk about this now. Because uh I guess well did anybody else listen to any music? Fuck it, I don't want to talk about more uh, music. We can talk about music. <laughs> yeah. Bryson Tiller, anybody hear that? Anybody like I it? I did. No. I did. I don't I I don't need any more music from Bryson Tiller. I appreciate oh, wow. Bryson Tiller. Quit. I no, he don't have to quit. But I'm not forcing it on him like I see people on Twitter doing. Like, people screaming for this album, upset because he hasn't released music in so long. Like, he clearly is not in the in the mentality that he wants to make music. And that's cool. I'm okay with that. I want him to be in the mentality to give me a project that's what I want. Because that, what it may, it may need to grow on me. I may need to live with it. But it just, it was very, very... Um, I don't know. I was very disappointed in the album that he gave us on Friday. So I don't know. Like, you know, if he makes music, it's cool. But I appreciate Bryson for Trap Soul. And I can live with Trap Soul. I can replay Trap Soul. I don't, you know, his features are really good. Like, it's cool. It's cool. When he wants to make music, I'll listen. But I don't. Everybody's screaming and demanding. I just, I, I, as a collective, can we stop doing that to that man? Please. <laughs> Like, yeah, I I noticed he was getting desperate because he re-released Trap Soul the same week too. There was only and four was new very... tracks on it, and um, you know, it. I just I see a lot of people. I don't know if it's because I know a lot of Bryson Tiller fans that that are always talking about why hasn't he released music. So that's maybe where it's coming from. But yeah, this this isn't his music isn't Trap Soul, and it's okay. But it's not going to be anymore. I just don't think it's going to be anymore. <laughs> like, I just think 
you know, we need to appreciate him for what he is. And, and that is, that is it. We're not getting anything more, anything less, I don't think. We might, but on his time. <laughs> and, and this is why I, 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 I'm against people thinking that Daniel Caesar got canceled. I don't think Daniel Caesar got canceled. I just think he can't follow up the dope shit he put out when he first came out. <laughs> and it happened to Bryson Tiller. Bryson Tiller didn't get canceled. He just can't put out nothing good no more compared to Chap Soul. So when you when your first big project is such a huge hit that everybody bumps it and everybody listens to it, it's very hard to follow something like that up, especially in R&B, man, without sounding too much like the old shit or without going too far out to where you sound like a different artist. So it's hard to follow up in R&B, man. And I think they just fell victim to it. So it is what it is. I think it'll be all right. I just need to cool I'm, off a bit. I'm nervous about SZA in that way because I love SZA, but I know the public will destroy her if it's not as great as Control. Like, but I know she's still as great as an artist, but her her first technically album was just so huge. And people, you know, I feel like that's a lot of why she partially, you know, what she's chosen to sp- speak on already. That's partially why we haven't gotten a lot of music from her. Because people just I want, don't know what's going expect, on with TDE. They have an period. expectation. I don't know what's going on with TDE, period. If Kendrick doesn't drop an album this year, I know something's wrong with that camp. Yeah. Like, it's been too long. They haven't dropped anything in a while. Mm-hmm. So. Reason? Oh, no, Trouble. Sorry, just kidding. Trouble just dropped an album. Yeah, J-Rock was the last TDE album, wasn't it? And that was a minute Schoolboy. ago. Schoolboy. Yeah, I think it was Schoolboy. Oh, yeah, he Schoolboy did drop that weed plate. I forgot about that shit. Weed oh. plate. Come on, man. Oh, <laughs> that like shit that was album. terrible. The disrespect will not be tolerated. <laughs> I like that. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Schoolboy Q. I did not like that album, man. I just didn't. Man. But, uh, oh, yeah, another thing we didn't talk about yet. Speaking of Megan Thee Stallion, Megan Young Thug dropped a song that I listened to, and I think it's terrible. Um, I was actually really shocked by how bad it is to me. I thought the beat was fucking awful. I don't know who produced this shit or who thought it bumps. Like, the bass is okay, but the actual sample sounds like it came off of Sega Genesis in 1992, man. Like, it sounds <laughs> super annoying to listen to. Um, this is the worst way to follow up WAP. Like, I don't get why. Like, Megan's team is confusing to me. I just don't understand why this is a song you you make to follow up such a huge hit, probably the hit of the year from Cardi B, to follow it up with this. Like, these things are what make you lose momentum. And I'm a fan of Meg. I want her to succeed. But this song ain't it. Like, it's not going to get played anywhere, especially anywhere. We're all closed anyway. But even if we weren't, niggas wouldn't be playing this shit. I thought it was bad. I don't know if y'all heard it or if y'all think the same, but I was very disappointed by both of them, Meg and Young Thug here. Do you think, um, I haven't heard it either. I haven't, well, I haven't heard it yet, but do you, not that she has to play off a Tory at all in any circle, by any means, but do you think it's interesting that she dropped this track after the Tory line, the Tory album? And it's not one of fire. It's not one of, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't want to accuse her of capitalizing off that, but I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
period. Yeah. Like I, I, I can't speak to what the intents of her team are and no, if sure. they wanted to put out a reply to Tori. You know, I know she's been throwing subliminals on Instagram and stuff. I don't know. I can't speak to that. I think, but uh, I, think she, I just think the song sucks. I think she was going to put it out regardless. It seemed like this was her next big single she was banking on. And to be fair, the the WAP song was Cardi B song. Yeah, so that that wasn't like her her song. So I think that I think she was going to put this out regardless if Tori dropped the album or not. Yeah, I'm just very disappointed about this song, man, especially with Young Thug on it, too. I thought I was looking forward to it when I heard Meg got a new song with Young Thug, and I listened to it, though. I thought it was just bad. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I, I like the artwork. Yeah, I didn't really like the song either. I, that's something I, you know, I listened to it. You know, it was like, it's cool, but nah, I don't think that was it. I don't, I don't think that's it. And she probably going to perform it tonight on SNL. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I, I don't know how it's gonna do. And honestly, you mentioned you don't know what her team doing. I don't even know who her team is because she, T. Ferris and Rock Nation. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, yeah. I was gonna say I think it's just her and T. Ferris because I don't even know who like outside the fifteen on one. She's not really rocking with them, so I don't even know what what the goal is or what she Rock is. Rock Nation pulling some string. They got her on first take, man. That that it, can't be fifteen. That can't be. T. Ferris getting yeah. her on ESPN. That has to be Rock Nation. No, no. I, uh, oh, 100%. It's Rock Nation that got her on SNL, too. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering what, what is the end goal for this? What, what's going on? I don't know, man. I, like it's conf- I, I still don't know why she never dropped a video for cash shit, and she dropped that hot girl summer trash. Like, I don't I don't know. But, but hopefully she'll I – think, I think she'll be fine. Um We'll just see. She just needs some more, some bangers, man. She needs her own WAP. Yeah. Something like that for Cardi, that Cardi did for herself. She needs to get something like that, too. But then she benefited from that, too. So yeah. it is what it is. Um, Fuck it, man. I just, that's it for music and shit. Uh, Sorry, topics real to... quick we can talk hey, what about. You say, oh, I was saying, I'm sorry. I did want to highlight YG's album. Um, I did listen to it. I thought it was cool. I know. I think Rocket, if I'm not mistaken, I think you you're over him. Or you, the last couple YG albums we talked about, you you weren't a fan of, but you liked my crazy lifestyle. I mean, my like my crazy life. Okay, I did like I did like that one. Yeah, um, my life for hundred. It it was it was cool. The product. I like the way YG where YG is going as an artist. Um, I think that uh, he like his development over time. Maybe not so as. I won't necessarily say lyrics, but I'll say just as an artist as a whole, just his whole um, from his visuals to his Instagram, just in general. I'm I'm a fan, so still not my favorite album. My Crazy Life is still my favorite album, but I just I wanted to highlight YG and go listen to his album if you haven't streamed it yet. Okay, I want I want to highlight some too. Lil Duval do not need to make music anymore, man. Oh damn, he. Like I just don't understand why he keep making music. He he had the one hot song that "Living My Best Life." Living my best life. Yeah. After that, he he keep dropping songs. He dropped a song with Charlemagne. Now he got a song with Ti. It's just it's, I don't know, man. Like he just I, I think he just need to stop making music, man. Just stick to to the jokes and the comedian uh, the comedian shit. 
did want to get Jasmine's thoughts on the Big Sean album too. Did you listen to that? Did you like it? Yes, I, I did. <laughs> I didn't listen. I did. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I yes, he talked about it, right? Did we talk about it? You did. I just said he dropped an album. What do you think, okay. Diddy? No, I thought. No, I thought Jasmine. <laughs> I thought Jasmine talked about it. I thought she uh, listened. To I don't it. think she, she talked about a song. Maybe I don't know. If she okay. talked about the album. Okay. Yeah, I talked maybe about I'm wrong. I double check, but. Uh, he. I don't know. I can't remember. Maybe we did talk about it. It's been I, a while, but it was a good album. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was. I think we did talk yeah, about it. Yeah, we did talk um, about it. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, never mind. My still, bad. go stream that. Go check that out. I'm still listening to a few tracks. Um, Big Sean. Uh, yeah, I love him. He's great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I for, it was so forgettable. I forgot we even talked about it. But oh my god. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, topics real quick, and then we'll wrap this thing up, man. So we kind of touched on the Trump having coronavirus. Uh, I don't really had nothing else to say about it that you ain't heard every other nigga say, period. <laughs> I do think it's kind of funny how, like, some people are like, you know, don't, don't even, like, okay, some people are going too far about wishing he dies. I'm yeah. like, come on, man. That's if voting right. is so important, vote the motherfucker out. It's only one month of the election. Yeah. You ain't got to alter him to die. <laughs> but at the same time, it's funny how, like, everybody who talks shit about him every single day is now, like, hopes and prayers, thoughts and prayers with Trump. Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got people like Jamel Hill, like, you know. Yeah. Like, this, it just sounds goofy. It's like, it's kind of like when rap beef gets too real and then niggas start <laughs> to fake the sympathy. Like when Big, when Tupac got killed, and then Biggie had to act like he cared. Yeah. Like some people are doing the most, man. You talk shit about Trump every single day. You ain't gotta say, you know, you hope he dies, but you ain't gotta fake it like you hope he gets better. Thoughts and prayers. You know, like when was the last thoughts and prayers? When was the last time somebody said thoughts and prayers due to somebody having COVID? Like in, the, uh, in this March, point, probably. Yeah, it went back early on. Like nobody said that about Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, it was just Cam Newton got COVID. He can't play this week. Like, <laughs> like we don't need unless unless um, Donald Trump is doing bad, where he's in the hospital and you know he's going through stuff like that. Then maybe thoughts and prayers, but he might be cool <laughs> because it's, it's, a, it's a lot of people that had COVID and didn't even know it. Yes, yeah. and that's the, the funniest. Well, not funny, but remember when it first hit. And then Kevin Durant got it. And it was like having AIDS or something. Yeah. Like the announcement was so dramatic. Breaking Kevin news. Durant has tested positive for coronavirus. We never even heard this nigga got sick, dog. Yeah. Russell Westbrook had it technically. And he was playing basketball again in a week. He, he ain't missed like, nothing. <laughs> so people were acting like it was so dramatic. Like, oh, my God, Kevin Durant has coronavirus. And, and he, clearly he was never really sick in the first place. But since we didn't know anything about it, it was like somebody saying they had HIV. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, man. Very interesting how our mindset has changed to where, you know, all of us know somebody who's had at this point. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not a big deal because everybody's bodies is different. And some people actually have died from it. But. It ain't what it used to be when we first had this shit roll out in March. So yeah, it's 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 super tricky because my sister had it, and she actually felt the symptoms. She she her chest was hurting. She didn't have mm -hmm. a cough. She didn't have a fever, and um, she just she she had no energy. Little stuff like that. Okay, cool. 
But then she had a friend who had it too, and she was just fine. But she just so happened to take a test, and it came back positive. Mm-hmm. So, but she was she was good. She she wasn't sick. She didn't feel sick. So you know, sometimes it could be like that. So I don't know if this is the case with Cam Newton or um, Donald Trump, where yeah. you know technically they tested positive because he only took the test because his uh, personal assistant or whoever she was uh, tested positive. It. Yeah, so that's the only reason he took the test. So like he could be fine, but yeah, but you know the test according to the test it came back positive. Mm-hmm. And this is why, and everybody got mad, the CDC, I know we're going too deep into this, but this is my last thing to say about it. When the CDC made that announcement about um, how, uh, oh, okay, never mind, I thought it was fucking connected. Um, how the CDC made that announcement how uh, people should not test if they haven't felt any symptoms, and everybody was going crazy, like, oh, how can you not test, but... The fact is, we all, if we haven't had coronavirus yet, we're all going to get it. Yeah. That's the thing. So there's really no avoiding this shit at this point. I think it's more contagious than they're letting us on. I don't think the masks do a whole lot. I think it could get into your eyes already. (laughs) So, and I know people who have gotten it who said they did everything that they're told to do, wash their hands, wear masks everywhere, and they still get it. So the truth is we all going to get this shit or we already had this shit, man. So <laughs> that's why, like, I'm not going to say it's overstated, but the reality is this shit ain't going nowhere, man. It's already in all of us probably at this point. So yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, so on that note, Nicki Minaj had a baby. <laughs> Congrats to Nicki. <laughs> Congratulations, I guess. Uh, with the uh, so-called sex offender man. So I hope they're... <laughs> I mean, he was convicted, wasn't he? Like, he's actually a registered sex offender. Oh, yeah. But still, I guess we have to say allegedly, yeah, no matter what. Yeah. So, uh, good for her, I guess. Maybe, as Jasmine said, it will turn her life around and make her more mature. That but is not <laughs> what I said. You did say that. You said you hope that baby straighten her ass out. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, is there? Oh, we got to get because Jasmine. I know your ass is watching it. Power book two with Lil Tariq. I was Tariq. hoping you weren't gonna ask me. You know I have to because I know you're watching it. What I are your thoughts? I, on- <sighs> okay, so I ain't gonna lie to you. I started watching the first episode and I was like. Nah, I ain't going to be able to do this. But then I thought about you guys, and I was like, I was de- the designated power watcher for the pod, yes. and <laughs> let me stick this out. <laughs> but, um, okay, so it's honestly, it's it's not that bad. Y'all not going to believe me, but it's not that bad. Um, the storyline itself is not bad. Um, the acting, Tariq, we know how Tariq is, but the acting itself is, I mean, the storyline is not bad. Uh, Tasha's in jail. Tariq is. Are y'all cool with the? I I can give y'all the. Yeah. The summary. Spoilers. Yeah. Go ahead. Spoil the whole thing. I actually been. I I actually watched like the first three. Just the. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I just cut it on just to kind of piss my wife off because we (laughs) agree. We like nah. We done with this shit. That's it. Cut it on just to just to kind of get the feel (laughs) of it. But it's still to me it's still kind of goofy. But go ahead. Yeah. 
And that's the thing, like, shout out to 50 Cent. I'll shout out to him because the show, like, it'll, you'll find yourself watching the whole thing. I feel like I'll find myself watching the whole thing and then come back for Tommy's book. Like, just because that's how the storyline is set up for it's a work, I guess. I don't know. But basically, Tasha's in jail. Um, Tariq has hired Method Man to be his attorney. Uh, Method Man's law assistant he's sleeping with. Um, everybody's sleeping with everybody. It's wild. Mary J. Blige is, um, she plays like a queen pen type of situation. Her husband is in jail. He's locked up. Um, real quick, he, real quick, real quick. Uh-huh. I just want to talk about that. Mary J. Blige cannot act, man. At all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, too, I don't think. Like, she too, to me, she too new. She tried to be too New York. Like, it's just, I, I just don't like it, man. Is she a better dancer or actor? Be- better dancer. Dancer. Oh, wow. I think she a better wow. dancer. I would take her wow. dancing over her acting. Wow. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, like, all throughout the show. What the fuck you doing? Yo, what the fuck <laughs> out of here? <laughs> Yo, you gonna have to handle that. Like, it's just like, nah, come on, man. Like, I don't want to see that. Yeah, nah, it's it. The and and that's the thing. Do y'all think that Method Man is a good actor? I think so. I think he is. I think so. You I, think so? I think he underrated. He he came a long way, man. I, I think nobody's nobody talk about that, man. I I think he's a. I think he's a great actor. I don't think he Method Man actor. was really good in The Wire. I know he was playing like his rap character basically, but he was really good in The Wire. Um, I haven't seen Power, but no, nah, he's he, a legit actor, he, man. I'm he not also, gonna say he's Oscar or any worthy, but he's yeah, decent. He he uh, he played in that one movie, uh, not movie, but the one show of I think it's on HBO, but it's like the uh, shit, I forgot the name of it, but it was pretty much based off of the um, porn industry. How the point oh yeah, I remember that show. Yeah. yeah, I forget what it's called though. Yeah, but it was on HBO, so he was actually playing like he was in the seventies, which was kind of mm. dope to me. I think if you could pull that off, I think I think you're a damn good actor, and he did. He was, he was pretty yeah. dope in that. Huh? I, I just asked because in this show I, I see nothing but Method Man. Like I, I don't see him as an attorney <laughs> at all, and I don't know if it's because I don't know. I just see Method Man because I know it's him. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so it's just Tariq, basically, he's he's a little ghost. He started a, a drug organization within his college that he's going to, which we kind of could have predicted that. But um, he hooks back up with his um, his white um, roommate that he had at Chilton or his, you know, his school before Ghost died. And hit this this roommate is like a legacy of some type of fraternity and it just it basically is all working out in his in his way um he's literally a little ghost um he has an angela he has a, a tasha he has um and natasha is uh, mary j blige's niece or i believe her daughter i believe daughter, yeah it's a daughter and so it's just it's literally like it's crazy because I think we had these predictions, but about how this sequel and the spinoff would be. But they're literally taking Tyreek, even though it's Tyreek. I could see this being Ghost Story, like I could see it's just a modern day of Ghost Story, basically how how he came up, how everything we knew about Ghost and Power. That's literally what Tyreek is becoming. He's he's literally that. 
um, they brought the reason why Tate and certain people are still involved is because they're witnesses for Tasha's trial. So they're bringing those characters back in because this, the, you know, this trial is still going on. Tasha's just like, like blue, like fuck Tommy for life apparently, and she's like yelled out in court that Tommy, um, she, Tommy killed Ghost or Tommy killed some. I can't remember. Yeah, Tommy killed yeah, Ghost. Ghost. So that's how, you know, that's how we see that Tommy's going to get brought into it and his book's going to start because eventually they're going to have to find him and try to get, you know, get his testimony and things like that. So, I mean, if you ain't got nothing to watch I and you've watched Power, I would say check it out. It may surprise you. The storyline may surprise you what they're doing with it, but um, it, it, it's a little better than I expected. I will say that. But Figgy, I'll let you give your opinion because yeah. i know you were you were off of it more so than i was before yeah. it ended yeah i mean to me it is how how i thought it was going to be the same it's going to be Tariq. I, I i did like the jokes people told us about why Tariq is always running and <laughs> he always literally every scene he's literally running like from one building to the other like why is he always running but it's it's literally what i thought it was going to be is is the same old Tariq going for one place and met the man like give me five hundred k and we'll talk, and so now Tariq got to get got to get the five hundred k, and he's selling pills and he only get fifty thousand, and he he I don't know it's to me it's it's so predictable to me, so uh, I, I I don't know I I was watching it because I was bored and was nothing else to watch. But now I got a couple other things to watch, so I'm not really worried about it now. I've, I've actually been watching this video game documentary on Netflix. I want to see that, man. Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting, man. <laughs> so I, that kind of been keeping up my time, and uh, I've been watching this show called Ratchet. With, I've heard about that. With Sarah Paul, Paul, that. yeah, with Sarah Paulson from um, she played in American Horror Story. And then uh, I think I want to say that some of the writers from American Horror Story produced this, uh, and it's on Netflix. It's pretty good. If you like American Horror Story, you'll like Ratchet. Okay, okay, good recommendations. Um, so yeah, power, power just is what it is to me. Um, and also, I, I refuse to give Fifty Cent any credit for power. I feel like all the bad decisions came from him. And like I feel like it would have been a good show if he was just not involved at all somehow. I feel like once he once his character got bigger and bigger, that's when the show got worse and worse. Yeah. So, it started when I, it started when he broke out that burning build, building. Yes. That's when we, I think he inserted he's like, That can't be the end of me, man. Yeah. He's like, I got a mixtape to make off this shit. Like, yeah. nah, you bringing me back. And we let that go too. Like we yes. watch after that, but. that was one of the more realistic things that happened in the show later on, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> After everything else, so yeah. Uh, but but okay, okay, good recommendation. We had to bring you in, Jasmine, because I know you you have fucked with the show before. So I, I was generally interested in how, what you think about the show because I don't see a whole lot of reaction about it. Yeah. So well, when I'm back next month, I'll have a you know, a nice little wrap up for you. The season will probably be ending by then. So okay. <laughs> we'll see where it's going yeah. by then. That's the one good thing about this show is no, like before people used to spoil the show by eight o'clock in the morning. So eight o'clock in the morning, everybody talking about it. And then you got other people pissed 
because they spoiling the show. But I barely see people talk about it. Now, there's only a few people, but but you you don't really see people talking about it now. Yeah, the audience reaction ain't, ain't really what it used to be, but yeah. it is what it is. When a show sticks around too long, too people yeah. find something else to watch. So, did you? But I, I do. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna switch. I was gonna say I don't think there's been like ever since Game of Thrones ended. I don't think there's been like a show where everybody on the timeline reacts to anymore. And I think Power and Game of Thrones fucked it up because they both ended badly. Yeah. So I think after that, people are reluctant to all get into one show and then have it. Like, there's still good shows out there, but there's there's not been one where the entire timeline is talking about this one show as it happens. Yeah. Uh, Insecure. Insecure, yeah, that's a good one. People talk about Insecure. That's a good one. Yeah, I I think that's the show that, you know, um, that most of the shows that people really don't watch as much as are are on actual TV. It's not like a Netflix series. But, um, yeah, I I think a lot of people was on the P-Valley thing, too. But I think a lot of people jumped on that a little late. But, um, yeah, that uh, that last episode of P Valley really, really did justice for me for that show because I know everybody loved it, and I mean I liked it as I was watching it, but it wasn't what everybody was making it out to be. Like it was just the best show on TV. That last episode, um, that character development, and just um, how they set it up for the next season, that really made that show for me. That's what really took it. Like I'll be yeah. back. Because of that episode, I think. Otherwise, yeah. I, I they might not have had me as hooked as everybody else on my timeline. Yeah, I, and I think it's just a different show. It's not. It's not like a power or, you know, the same old, you know, drugs type of show, or yeah. even like a um, um, Ozark. Ain't nothing like that. It's to, like I, I'm cool with seeing the show about the strip club. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm cool with that. And uh, and plus the uh, the women on there are beautiful, and you kind of got your favorite stripper on there. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it's a good show. Yeah. I don't know if you watched it yet, Ryan. You need to watch. Uh, it. You might be I, I remember you called it out, and I saw the trailer, and it was a a, a nigga in drag taking up all the screen time. I thought so. I was like, uh, I don't know, but I did see some titties, so I'll check it out, man. <laughs> I need something new to watch, so I'll probably love, check that one out too. Um, little murder. I love Lil Murder. I think he could be a real artist. Like his his tracks are kind of dope. I can't lie. Very <laughs> original name he went with too, Lil Murder. That sounds like a parody rapper from Boondocks, man. How the fuck you gonna be named Lil Murder? Okay, yeah, check it out, man. You gotta watch. I'll check it out. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, they were sen- they were censoring uh, Boondocks episodes too, which I don't really give a fuck about, but whatever. I think it's interesting. Very interesting how things are changing, even in the last decade, where you can't do things on TV no more. So, very funny and interesting. Uh, I think that about wraps it up, y'all. Let's wrap it up with these shout-outs real quick. Of course, we'd like to thank our new partnership with uh, Skylab Studios Houston. You can follow them at Skylab HTX. I also want to thank uh, Mikey Iso for joining us for our second edition of the Gems and Juice Artist Spotlight. Remember to enter the contest, y'all. We're going to post the instructions up 
So you can easily follow along. We're really looking forward to it. I think you guys will enjoy it, especially if you or somebody you know is an aspiring artist who needs some studio time and a free beat. And also to be meeting with us, the lovely Cassie Jimson Podcast. So we can grill y'all asses. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, the the Jim's and Juice interview is worth more than anything combined. But <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> I'll ruin this partnership, man. My bad. <laughs> we don't we don't just let any old niggas on the podcast, man. So yeah, no, for real. Check enter the contest, y'all. It's gonna be dope thing for y'all to do. And yeah, looking forward to doing it again, maybe in the soon in the future. So. And also check out Skylab, like I said, dope studio setup, a great skyline view. If you just want to go up there and take pictures and act like you a rapper and you not, I'm sure you could just pay for an hour and do that too. So <laughs> go ahead and check that out. And also, of course, shout out to our longtime friend, uh, Tab, who's yeah. doing Tab Tech as well. Um, if you need a phone, need a phone case, if you need anything like that, um, search Tab Tech, T-A-B-T-E-C-H, on Amazon, eBay, wherever you buy things of that nature. You will find his stuff. He will hook you up. Satisfaction guaranteed according to him. Yeah. But I'm going to buy a, fi- a phone soon, too, and I'll have a customer testimonial. So I'll let you all <laughs> know how that goes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and Jasmine, you got anything going on, girl? Any playlists, anything you want to talk about? Promote yes. and pump up? Um, me and Figgy have just been like working super hard behind the scenes, so we're excited Very true. for all this stuff that's um, getting ready to go down with the Gems and Juice podcast. So y'all just stay, um, stay tuned, tuned for that. Um, Figgy is indeed the hardest man working in radio. Like, man, yep. he is. But um, yeah, I have a couple of playlists coming. I've just been really um, perfecting my DJing more than anything right now. Uh, I got playlists coming. I got some stuff with some artists coming too. So just keep keep a lookout on my Instagram, and you know I never send you there. So mm-hmm. uh, oh, oh, it's unlocked now. Tuned. Okay. Yeah. So Uh-oh. stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. 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 Figgy, yeah. who you can of course see on uh, In the Loop, Ten to Two Sports Radio Six, and I noticed you've been talking more too on the show, man. I really? enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just me. I'm catching the bad times, but. I hear your voice more now on the show. I'm like, okay, thank God. Yeah, we need more black voices on. Yeah, sometimes on radio. I'll be, sometimes they be saying something. I'm like, why are they not saying this? So I just jump in and say <laughs> it. So yeah, yeah, I talk, yeah, I right. talk a little more. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Enjoy yeah, that show as well. Anything else you got working on, man? I know, like you said, like Jasmine said, yeah, working hard yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, we just been working. Next week um, for the um, artist spotlight. We got uh, oh our guy Jack Freeman, Jack Freeman going. Oh on. yeah, yeah, yeah. So y'all want that, that's listen. probably gonna take the whole podcast, man. Knowing how nigga talk, so <laughs> it's gonna be an extended edition of the artist spotlight, uh, featuring a four-hour conversation with Jack Freeman. Yes, and <laughs> maybe broken it up to two parts again. Not just playing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that, man. Jack Freeman is a dope dude, dope artist. So it's gonna be fun. Oh yeah, that's it. All right, let's go ahead and let Anita ride us out. And until next time, y'all. Peace. You can say that thing. <laughs> <laughs>